Hey, we are everybody. Back. We're right back where we started. In the house of Snarf Talk. What episode is this, Jerry? 87. 87. 87 episodes of Snarf Talk in your ear holes. You're welcome. 12 Thank more, you for listening. 12 more and we'll be at episode 100. Uh, 13. Well, this is the 13th, so. This is the 87th. Yeah, so 13 more. I know. 12 more after I this. I get it. You're right. Well, Jerry, I'm going to tell you what. I'm, so, I'm damn glad to be here right now. Oh, I'm so it glad to be here. so late. It is. We're starting a lot later like because two of... two hours past our normal start time. Because of baseball. Baseball. We've been playing the baseball. Baseball been very, very good to me. Mazan, <laughs> Mazan baseball has happened tonight. We won our last game. We won the season. And that's it. It's over. It's over. We only had five total games. It was. It's depressing. I would like to play more, but I had a lot of fun doing it, and I feel like our team really was coming alive. Yeah. I mean... The team was coming alive. The coaches were coming alive. Like everybody was into it. It was a really good thing. I'm really glad that we played this year. Um, between so the way we did it this year, like we normally have a tri county baseball, right? Um, COVID happened and destroyed all of our hopes and dreams. Well, then we ended up having two teams in Mazan, luckily, um, of the same age group. And we decided between coaches and parents and everyone agreed that we would play against each other. Yeah. So we had practices like normal. Um, it was much later than, than normal, but we had practices. And then we ended up just having games against the other Mazan team. And uh, we only had five, but it is what it is this year. And it's better than not having anything because at this age, I think you need to play baseball. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what, it was a lot of fun. It's great. It's a lot of fun coaching. I remember um, when my nephew was playing and I helped coach a little bit, but my brother-in-law was the main coach like through his entire career. Sure. And I, I was just, I was younger. I was busy, mm-hmm. you know, I was working all the time. And I remember thinking like, there's no way. You thought you were busy until you had kids. Well, that's true. <laughs> but I remember thinking like, there's no way I would ever dedicate that, that much time to being a coach right. for my kid's sport. That's what I thought. And then I realized it doesn't matter because you're going to be there anyway. So if you're going to be there, you might as well be involved. And it's a lot of fun. Right. If you're going to be there for your kid, like during his games, we were talking about it before the game even started. Like, I would much rather be on the field coaching than sit in the stands. Yeah, absolutely. And have the nightmare of sitting in the stands. Right. You know what I mean? Because you only... When you're sitting in the stands, you watch your son or daughter when they're at the plate and when they're making a play in the field, if you happen to notice that. (laughs) Uh, There's so many other things going on like out in the stands where for me personally, like I'm so incredibly social. I want to talk to everyone all the time and then I won't pay attention to certain portions of the game and I'll miss out. Yeah. But in this aspect, while you're coaching, we don't miss out. No. We're 100% involved all the time, and it's, it's so fun. It's fun. I wish you we had to more see games. The development of the kids and everything. It's, it's, it's a good time. I really enjoyed it. And I'm sad the season's over. but Even through five games, you could see the development and the, like, the betterment of everyone. Like, right. Everybody got better 
throughout the season, even though it was only five games. I mean, games. I got better as a coach. Yeah, I 100% agree, because in the beginning, you were just awful. Yeah, I was terrible. And like we were talking about, well, the like, problem is, I don't know if Chris should be out. When I started, I, my main goal for coaching was like hitting. That's how I did. Like I hit kids constantly. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that, ne- it was negative reinforcement. You know, and that right? was that was a problem at the time. Yeah. But we're like, you know what? Maybe it'll help those kids. Yeah. It didn't. Discipline. No, it didn't help them. It hurt them. Yeah. Physically. Physically. Mentally. Said, a couple after the first two went to the hospital, I'm like, you know, maybe I got to try another strategy. <laughs> maybe we should try something different. And we did. And you know what happened? We won games. Yeah, we did. We won. We won the season. So it was fun. If you're watching on YouTube, that's why I'm dressed this way yes i i don't have any of that i do have a uh, a coach shirt on but it's from the t-ball it is that never it, happened no it didn't transpire because um, we were fine. also t-ball coaches correct but somehow lucked out of having to do that because the season got canceled yes and the word is luck <laughs> so anyway that's um, over um our sole focus is with you guys and our new renewed focus which we discussed last week we did is uh jetpack samurai we're gonna finish the comic for sure yeah. in the next month august is our go month it always has been it really has been because you finally catch get up. some sort of a mindset of like i want to do this again yeah, it's more like i get caught up on my business yeah my but business. i mean is that important well, it is, except for in August. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so we're going to get caught up. We actually found this artist um, I showed Jerry the other day who had a really reasonable fee. So I was thinking maybe we could get some stuff drawn. Yeah. We get some I mean, stuff moved out there, get the world churning again, get the fires burning. The fire needs to burn, Chris. It does need to burn. I mean, to be fair, the fire has always been smoldering yeah. at, at, at points. Uh, but it needs to be ablaze. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. I and mean, now that baseball's over and work is settled down, we um, and we're immune to COVID. So yeah, I think I already had it. I'm positive I did. I think I had it in February, right when I got back from Disney World. You did because um, Marley got a sickness where she had a fever for a week, and I remember her saying to me. Mm. I can't breathe very well, and I think I should go to the hospital. Really? But it was like before we knew anything about COVID. So she said that, yeah, she had a a really bad, she had a fever for o- almost a week. She had trouble breathing. She actually contemplated going to the hospital at one point, and then she got better. And after that, I had a fever for like two days, two or three days. And it was right after we got back from Disney World, right at the end of February. And yeah. I mean, that's and then it blew up after that. So what I do in these situations is I flex. Yeah. I don't know if you, we, I, I, have I told you this before? Yes, Jerry. Oh, okay. All right. So you do know about this. The Jerry flex, yes. Yeah, I flex it out, and it, man, I, I tell you what, it gets rid of sickness. Yeah. And I just don't get sick. Um, even though I was a very sickly child. Yeah. You know, as a child, I didn't, uh, I didn't know how to flex, right? And now that I do, I don't know. I just feel like I can beat basically any disease. <laughs> and uh, here I am. Well. Beating diseases. There you go, guys. If you want protection, you just learn the Jerry Flex. Right. Uh, contact us on snarfcomics.com. That's right. Hey, let's do some shout-outs here because we have T-shirts for sale. We have not had a lot of purchases. Um 
We got tons of them, all sizes. Yeah, we do. Lots. 20 bucks if you want a t-shirt. Correct. Um, proceeds go to help us make this show better. Snarf talk. So just send us a send us a quick email or something, info at snarfcomics.com if you want a t-shirt. Um, we also have Patreon, patreon.com slash snarfcomics. And listen, I think we were on top of our game right now because we've had a, we have a oh, yeah. couple, uh, we have some uh, people that are at a level where they get a bundle of snarf, and that is like a monthly subscription box. So you get a bunch of your money back and cool stuff. A lot of it. And right now, because we don't have a ton to do, we're like tailor making our bundle of snarfs for our people, for yeah. our listeners. And I think we're on top of our game. They're it's, very much enjoying what they're getting. Yeah, and it's very much tailored and to what you want. And it's fun. And we do themes. At least I do themes in mine. So, like, I might have a theme this month of um, The Last Kingdom, which is a show I've been watching. Yes. The month before that, I might have a, some kind of... It's usually something that's in the ether. Like, last... We did a Star Wars one because there was a lot of Star Wars talk going on yeah. at the time. So Th- This package I just sent out uh, to a certain Patreon subscriber, I... Uh, Gave him a Mortal Kombat bundle. Yeah. And he's going to enjoy it. So, hey, but <laughs> even if you don't get up to the level, uh, $25 level a month. We're not asking you to be at that level. No, but if you want to, you can. A bunch of the money that you pay comes right back. And good stuff, too, not bullshit. But uh, if you want a lower level, like $5, you get extra podcast content. We're always releasing Patreon podcast yes. stuff. Um, we try to at least once a month. and Or you can just do a dollar a month, which just helps. Mm-hmm. It's 12 bucks a year. Yeah. A couple Monster Energy drinks a year. That's it. That's really it. That really yeah. is it. Yeah. Like when you put it in that perspective, it really is it. And it um, just helps. It helps. And we send you stickers and you get free pod, extra podcast material that you can't get. And it's a good time. So why don't you check that out, guys? I, I think everybody, if you're listening, at least go on there, do the $1 and just show some love. And listen, like even at a $10 a month, uh, Patreon subscription, then you, you get will a, get a t-shirt. You get a free t-shirt. That's $10 less than what you could buy it right now. Mm-hmm. So, And we're going to try and do two t-shirts a year, and you'd get both of them. So right. anytime we come out with a new t-shirt, you just get one. You get it. So check that out, please. That would be great. Guys, our theme this week, and I don't know if we're going to jump in right away, but we did 80s comedies. We did 80s. I figured we might as well jump into the 90s. Yeah, everybody loved the 80s. We get a lot of love on the top 10s, top 20s. So we're going to do 90s comedies, but again, we can't, we can't, can't do 10. can't keep it at 10. So we're going to do top 20, so we're going to get into it pretty quick Yeah, because it'll take a little bit of a while. I don't have my computer this week with me. So because he forgets everything. We might not get the deep dive into like the theory of them, but we're going to talk about them and how they impacted our life. I have one little news tidbit. Okay. Right? And... It just like it moves got, into I, a little bit of a. I got one too. All right, like so. Mine was New Mutants. Yes. Right. New Mutants trailer came out. New one, and it also shows like the first scene of the movie. It's like three minutes long. You see a lot of the New Mutants, like stuff happening. That's great. I think it looks really good. I, have you seen it? No. Okay. So it, I Maisie think it looks. Will, Maisie's in it though, right? Yeah, Maisie Williams. Yeah. Right. Aria. Aria. Isn't it like Aya? Aria Stock. Aya Stock. So she's in it, and this happened and I'm a, a big long fan. I'm time a big ago. Fan of hers. She's great, but they filmed all this stuff a long time ago, and it kept getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. They finally finished all of it. They put out a new 
um, trailer for this. Hey, if you're on YouTube, um, I'm sorry, but we forgot the first 12 minutes. I forgot to hit record. So, hey, go to Podbean or Apple Podcast app or Spotify, Switcher, Downcast, all of them, and just subscribe to the audio podcast. And you've got probably, if you've got an Apple iPhone, you can just get, you already have the podcast app on your phone. Just go to Snarf Talk Podcast, subscribe. You'll get the first 12 minutes. You didn't miss anything. Spotify, Google Play. If you're on YouTube, you didn't miss anything. We were just, it was introduction, but we're back here. I, I, I screwed up. But we're ready. We're starting right now. We're going to go right back where we were at. Right back into the news. So New Mutants had a new trailer come out. It looks really good. They showed like the first portion of the show, the movie. Um, I'm not a huge horror guy. Me neither. We've talked about this many Um, a time. But but they are framing this superhero movie, this comic book movie, like more horror-ish. Right. Um, You know, like I said. For what it is, it looks very, very good. Here's my thing. They have a release date for this movie. It, like, I can't remember off the... I didn't write it down. I can't remember if it's late August or early October. I know those that skips a month in there, but it's one of those two things. So they still have a release date for a theatrical release. I just think that's the wrong way to go about this stuff right now. Yeah. So Bill and Ted's like excellent adventure or whatever they're calling Part it. Part three. Yeah. The third movie. They've already come out and said, hey, l- listen, we're going to re- release this video on demand come September 1st. Yeah. You can watch it. You can buy it on your TV and watch this movie. Why are... These movies, like most movies, not doing this right now. I think it is in like way beneficial for them. Trolls 2, the Trolls 2 movie, like set the stage for people to do this and nobody else is doing it. And I don't know why. I understand you're not going to get the, the $500 million that you're going to get before, but I really don't think you're going to get the $500 million right now because theaters are closing. Right. I mean, they won't be closed forever, but that's interesting that you uh, bring that up because you remember the story we talked about a while ago where Universal went um, and said, hey, we're going to start doing VOD for all of our movies. Yeah. And AMC and Cinemark and all those movie chains came and said, uh, then you're never going to play in our movie theaters. Correct. Uh, well, they've, they're working, out, working it out, right? Uh, yeah, they are. And... They, they normally have like a 90-day exclusivity agreement with movie theaters where they play the movie for 90 days before they before can they release can it. Um, I, it's going to be like 14 days. Universal's like cutting a deal with AMC. They're like, we'll, we'll put in the theaters for 14 days, and then we'll go VOD. You're not going to get that right now, though. Well, right now, no, but we're talking about long. I, I'm talking about long term, but yes, when you're speaking of I understand, right but- now with new mutants and stuff like that, but you're talking about movies that have been made for years that need to come out. Like these people are putting this out there. Uh, produ- production companies have made these movies. Movies They can't make any more movies if they've already spent all of this money on past productions, right? Right. So you're at a point where, or we're going to be at a point where they can't make new movies 
until these start coming out. Right. Because they have no, there's no like flow, like cash flow. Yeah, movies got to start coming out. So they have to start coming out somehow. And it's going to be video on demand. And they're going to say like a big F you to theaters because the only way they can do it is through video on demand for you to purchase it on your TV for $15, $17, whatever it is. Short term. For the next six months, maybe. I think. And then I think it's going to be back to normal. Well, I think that's what's going to happen over the winter. Like over the winter, we're going to see a lot more movies come out video on demand. So they still have Wonder Woman projected to come out like October 28th. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Listen, nothing's going to happen until after the election. Sorry. Don't mean to be political. No, but but you're right. That's the real world we live in right now. You're right. There's too many, there's too much political stakes going on right now. And until that gets ironed out, there's going to be fear mongering on both sides. I agree with and you. And a that, lot of bullshit. And this is like something so, that drives me crazy is just the, that both sides want everybody to live in constant fear because fear is the only thing. That's, that's bull crap. It's true. No, I understand it's true, oh, but that's, I'm just saying yeah. like that's bullcrap to live in fear about whatever, whatever it is, everything, everything, because fear is like the great motivator and it's sad. And it's a good story yeah. for media. Exactly. Because that's what it, fear that's what it is. drives clicks, fear drives people to watch the news, fear and outrage. That's the world we live in right now. And until this election's over and we move on and get... Well, I'm outraged that movies aren't coming out. Yeah. And I think they should put them on video on demand. I have no money stakes in anything, obviously. But I think it is in their best interest Listen, to start here's the deal. Me putting per- movies me out. Me, personally, I'm more inclined to spend money to go to a movie theater than I am to rent a movie on VOD. Even if, if it's a movie that you've wanted to see yes. for a long time. There's there's only two and movies. They keep right pushing now. it back month to month there's to month to month. Two movies right now that I would pay to watch on VOD. Only two. I'd watch all of them. Mulan and Black Widow. Those are the only two movies I'd be willing to pay on VOD right now. For the stuff that's slated to come out in it's the fall. Cheaper for you. I don't care. I'm just saying. Those are the only things that are gonna motivate me to spend the money. If it was a Star Wars, like a well, big Star yeah, Wars release listen, no, or no, something no. like that, I'm like, talking no, about, I wouldn't do that. I'm talking about of movies right now that are slated to come out in the fall. The only two that I'm aware of that would move the needle on me to be willing to spend $20 to watch on VOD would be those two movies. Everything else, I'd be willing to just wait. But I think that's ridiculous because you could watch all of these movies for a cheaper price than what you're going to do at a movie theater. That coincidentally, those are probably the only two movies I'd be willing to go watch at a movie theater right now, too. I mean, there's not a lot out coming. I don't believe you. There's you a, go to the movie theater all the time. There's not a lot slated right now that would drive me to a movie theater. I wouldn't go to the movie theater to watch New Mutants. No, I, I probably know. wouldn't go to see Wonder Woman. I would. I might. And I would probably play for VOD for Wonder Woman. But of those three, but that's just me. Yeah. Obviously, those are the types of movies I go for. 
you know, yeah, big oh, blockbuster Disney movies, basically. I don't know. I just think it's a crazy time, and I, I just don't see them. I don't see production companies or people making money off of any of these movies anytime soon. No. Unless they do it this way. It doesn't matter. They're all going to make money off streaming. Well, I know. And it starts with video on demand. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because it brings me into my next, my quick news segment I got because I posted this on Facebook, but there is a little bit of a rumor mill a churning. Is there? About a second life for the solo franchise. There is. A second life on Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Disney? A series, perhaps. Maybe a solo. A solo series. Direct sequel off of the movie, which obviously had a huge cliffhanger ending. Yes. And was a... We'll talk about it later if we have time to do what we're watching, but it was a really good movie. Um, Way underrated. Uh, But there... I have, I want to see more of that franchise. And if they, they're they not going to do it in the movies, that's clear. They lost a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they lost money, honestly. It still made like $500 million, But they lost money because they had to film two movies. <laughs> right. So they lost money on the franchise. They decided to junk it. It didn't get great reviews from critics um, for whatever reason. So they're talking about bringing it back in the real world in Disney Plus, and I, I think they can do it because they didn't have a big cast. You know, they yeah. didn't have famous people in the cast. They had Woody Harrelson, but he's dead. Spoilers. Um, you know, they, yeah, not in real life. Right. <laughs> yeah, they had the guy who played Solo. He's never going to work again, so it doesn't really matter. So they can pay him nothing. And they had uh, the Queen of Dragons from fucking Game of Thrones. She's probably expensive, well, but, but they also had. Uh, um, Glover. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. But he doesn't need to be in a sequel. Well, no, but they Lando. also have it. They also have it like in the works for him to have a Lando yeah, show. But they don't have to do that. They don't, but I think they're going to. I don't think they should because I don't think he was great in that movie personally. Well, so what Mark Bernard was talking about on Fat Man on Batman or. Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond, right. He had a really good idea, and he said that you bring back the original Lando Calrissian. What's his name? The Colt 45 guy. Um, I wish I would have my computer. I know. This would be a lot easier. Either way, you, you have him come back, and like he's the main guy, and he starts talking about stories that he's written down in a book like a journal, and he starts telling you stories that he's done in his life, and then they go back to... Billy D. Williams. Yes, Billy D. Williams is there talking about his life as Lando Calrissian, and it goes back to... I keep wanting to say Danny Glover. It's obviously not Danny Glover. Um, what is his name? Darn it. I need to look it up. Um, either way, the guy who played Lando Calrissian right. in the solo story is the main character, and he would be playing all of these stories as a series. And I think that's a really good idea. I think it's all right. He's not that interesting of a character, to be honest. And I think the guy who played Han Solo did a phenomenal job. Phenomenal job. And really hit young Harrison Ford pitch perfect. And 
I think they got a real idea here. Here's the deal. Here's the story that is going to kill for the Solo series, right? It's all about Darth Maul. Right. It's all about the crime syndicates, the Pikes, Crimson Dawn, you know, that... Donald Glover. Donald Glover. That time period in the Star Wars universe, which has been very well covered in, in both Rebels and the Clone Wars, um, where you have Darth Maul being a huge underground crime syndicate lord, as well as other competing crime syndicates. And in the middle of that, you have Han Solo. Which would I mean, be accurate. It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. They, they set it all up perfect. Um, we're going to talk about the movie later, probably, when we talk about what we're watching. So unless you got any more news, I think we should jump nope. into the top 20. Yeah, I'm good. We're going to jump right into the top 20 90s, 1990s comedy Movies of the decade of the decade, and I'm going to tell you what people are going to hate my list. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to like my list. As You're well. going to fucking hate it. You're yeah, gonna disagree. I disagree. So let's set the record straight. This is what we like. Yes, this, this is, is what we think is funny. This is what we think. These are my favorite yes. top 20 90s comedies. No, these are also my top 20 favorite. All right, I'm going to take a time out here. Um, you know, it's late, and we're having problems with video recording. Video is a problem. So we're done. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not going to do it tonight because it's late. So you know what, guys? If you're listening right now, listen to the podcast the way it's meant to be. Yeah. You <laughs> win. <laughs> Who wins? They win. Our listeners that are listening right now, you win. Thank you for listening in the way that it was meant to be listened in. Right. As a podcast, audio only. We don't have to worry about it. Um, That's all we got. It's the wrong thing to do, right? Because we do have a lot of YouTubers that are interested, and this is probably a very YouTube-worthy episode. You're right. Um, are, should we rethink what we're doing here? It is what it is at the moment. <laughs> um, you know, it just is what it is. So we're going to do our top 20. We're going to yeah. do... You know what? We're going to do it. Yeah. Top you always start, so... 20, 90s, comedies. Sorry, YouTube people. Yeah, listen to the podcast. <laughs> um, here we go. Number 20 for me is a little movie called Clueless. Clueless is on your top 20? It is on my top 20. Oh, wow. It's a great movie, man. Is it? Yes. Have you not seen it? Oh, no, I've seen it. You know, it's a great movie. It's a great 90s movie. It's the epitome of 90s. It, oh, opinion. I 100% agree. Um, it is the epitome of 90s movie. Yeah, and it's great. It's an early Paul Rudd. Early Paul Rudd. Is he in that movie? Yeah, do you? He's the main... I don't remember. One of the main characters. Really? I only remember Alicia Silver, Silverstone. Silverstone. That's her. It's her um, stepbrother that she falls in love with. Wow. I don't remember that. <laughs> uh, Clueless is great, despite the fact that Alicia Silverstone turned into the craziest human being in the history of mankind. Has she? Oh, my god! I don't know yes. anything about her. I only know that she was in that movie, and she was in Aerosmith's Crazy um, song. And she was Batgirl. Yeah, Batgirl. Right, right, I understand that. But those are the only three things I know that she's done. Okay, here's the deal. She baby birds. 
That's what We've it is. talked about we it before. We have talked about this. She chews up the, her food and spits it into her children's mouths. Probably not anymore, but she did. <laughs> right. But she has a myriad of other crazy parenting things. Can you elaborate? No, I can't. Okay. Well, either way, that's insane. Yeah. So is Clueless good? Clueless is great. Oh, my gosh. Classic 90s movie, man. For 90s, I'll give it to you. It's got to be on anybody's top 10, in my opinion. Or top 20. Oh, I was going to say top 10? 20. That's why it's at 20. Holy smokes. All right. I'll give it to you because I think... Brittany Murphy, Stacey Dash. Brittany Murphy was... Donald Faison. Don't forget about him. Scrubs. Come on. He was in that? Yeah, dude. He was... Uh, Gosh, I he was Stacy Stacey Dash's boyfriend. Okay. Uh, Breck and Meyer was in it. Come on. It was very 90s. Very good movie. Everybody loves Clueless. I'm really surprised yeah. at the shock here. It, it does shock me. Like I, I wouldn't put it on my top 20 because there's so many other I'm going to make so, it the... Spoilers. Pic- I'm gonna, it's not on my top 20. I'm going to make it the picture for our Instagram post on this episode. Okay. I'll let you. So my top, t- my whatever, my That's number where it came 20 from Jerry, the W, the whatever. I just have a that. way different outlook on the nineties. And my number 20 pick is going to tell you this because my number 20, and I'm going to get hate for this is biodome. Oh no, you're going to hate from that. You don't think so? Free mahi mahi. What a great movie. I loved Pauly Shore in like Pauly Shore's Prime. And Biodome is one of my favorites. Hey, Brennan Brennan Frazier. He's in that one, right? Yes. He's no, 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 no. It's um he's an Encino man. He's an Encino man, which is in my honorable mentions. So spoilers. Come on, dude. We're not gonna get to honorable mentions tonight. It's eleven o'clock. Yeah. Well, he is. And uh this is a Baldwin. Oh, it's Billy Steven, Baldwin. It's Stephen Baldwin. Billy or Stephen? It's Stephen. I don't know the difference between One of the any Baldwins. of the Baldwins besides Alec. Um, it's a Baldwin. Biodome is phenomenal. They go into this science research biodome, literally a dome where they live by themselves for research, and they do just crazy crap. And it's funny. I love it. I watched it so many times when I was a child, which I probably shouldn't have. It's it's good. I love it. That's why it's my number 20, because it was like a meh movie. I, I, I can't argue with you. I don't have it in my top 20, but I do love that movie. It's a yeah. great one. It's a really good one. It's the best Pauly Shore movie, bar none. Not Agreed. even close. I agree. That's why. In the Army Now. And I like that movie, too. That's, that one's dog shit. I like that but movie it's too. Better though. than like Son in Law. Oh, Son in Law is very good. Jury Duty. I don't even remember that one. Um, no. All right. My number 19. I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you the main quote. I know you don't smoke weed. I know this. But I'm gonna get you high today. Cause it's Friday. You ain't got no job, and you ain't got shit to do. <laughs> you ain't got no job. And you ain't got shit to do. Friday. It's Friday, man. Friday. I don't have it in my top 20, but it is a good movie. It is a great movie, and it is Very one, quotable. Very quotable, and one that I will... It's hardcore 90s. It's got 90s all over it, and it's one that I will definitely remember forever. Ice Cube, Chris Tucker. Come on. Early Chris Tucker. 
before Rush Hour. That was probably like his first big movie. Prime. Um, and it's a movie that a bunch of white kids from the middle of the rural Grundy County have no business <laughs> loving, yeah. but every single person in the world loves that movie Friday, and it's great. It's quintessential ninety, quintessential nineties, and I agree. It's very good. Everybody that I know of quotes that movie. Everybody that I know of loves that movie. It is very good. It's not in my realm of what I love. Oh, it is in mine for sure. So yeah, I mean, I understand that. My number 19 probably for most people would be way higher. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. And it's a movie called Office Space. Oh, okay. Yeah, love that. I'm gonna need you to work. Have you seen my tomorrow. stapler? <laughs> so, yeah, um, great movie. Incredible, very funny. One of the most quotable movies of all time, literally. Oh, it is literally one of the most quotable movies ever. Like, ever. You put that in like Super Troopers and like some of these other movies, which I think is 2000. So it It is. uh, But you put some old school, some of these movies are just ultimately quotable and old school, or not old school. um, Office Space is one of the most quotable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's her name? Jennifer Aniston. Yes, that's who I was trying to think of. Jennifer Aniston's and Ron, in it. Ron Livingston. And uh, Stephen Root is the guy that does has the red stapler. And yeah. I mean, the whole movie in and of itself is like a gem. Yes. I think a lot of people would have that higher I in think their it's 90s a, comedies. I it think was an independent movie, too. If was I, it? I, it could be wrong. But it was a Mike Judge movie, right? Mike, yeah, Mike yeah. Judge, yeah. Mike Judge did Beavis and Butthead. Yep. That was his claim to fame. But he did Idiocracy, did a lot of movies. So. so I do love the movie, and it is very worthy of being in the top 20, obviously. And I just I thought a lot of people would have it higher. You don't, apparently. We'll see. Okay. 18 for you. My number 18 is, it's like one I got to throw in, even though most people probably wouldn't have it, but I got to put it on my list. Oh, I got a lot of those. I got to give respect. I got a lot of those. To a franchise, and it's kind of comedy, kind of adventure. It was the same thing with the 80s movies. You're like, you want to throw it in? It's Back to the Future Part 3. Was that a 90s movie? Absolutely, early 90s. And actually, one of my favorite of the franchise, I loved Back to the Future Part 3. You argued me. Yeah, they go back to the Old West. It's great. Um, I absolutely (sighs) love that movie. You know, is it super funny? No. You know, are there funnier movies, laugh out loud funnier movies that I have not included on my list that are funnier? Yes. But are they as good of movies Overall, no, probably not. Yeah. So I throw back the future part three on there because I got to give the respect to like Zemeckis and yeah, Michael J. Fox, and you got to give respect where it's due. And that's a big franchise, and that was a that was the end of that franchise, and it happened in the nineties, and I'm giving it its due. Nineteen ninety, I believe, on the oh. dot. All right. So I just read an article about Michael J. Fox and the Back to the Future franchise, and they the very first movie. They did not want to cast Michael J. Fox, and the production company said, like one specific guy said, I don't see Michael J. Fox being the the guy you put on a lunchbox. Yeah, who do they want for they this movie? They had a guy. So, but they who said, was the original Marty McFly? Uh, they had him, and they filmed like half the movie with him. The whole movie? 
they, I thought it was and like they half. redid it. Either um, way, so they the, Eric Stoltz. That's yes. who it was. Yes. So they said like we don't see Michael J. Fox as being the forefront of this movie and somebody you can put on a lunchbox. So after the movie came out, it was a big hit, obviously, and then they made a specific lunchbox with Michael J. Fox on the front with a note like printed on the lunchbox that said, this is a, this is something you can eat your crow with and send it to the production person that said that this guy shouldn't be in it. And it was with Michael J. Fox face saying, you can eat your crow out of this box. Nice. And I think that is the ultimate like F you. Yeah. They're just like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll to the people giving like. them money. Yeah. I think that's incredible and really funny. That was your 18? Yes, that was my 18. All right, my 18 is something I've talked about multiple times before on other movies that I've had Grady or other shows that I've had Grady watch recently. Um, It's, again, something people probably don't necessarily think should be in a top 20. Maybe, I don't know. But I love it. It's my favorite of the franchise, which is two of them. And it is Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. You're welcome, Chris. <laughs> it's my number 18. I think it's better than the first one. I hate I will. 100%. I love. Listen, you get no argument there. The second one's way better than the first one. Yeah. But they're both garbage. Okay. And that's your opinion. Yes. And that is the correct opinion. And in the 90s, I love these movies. I watch them all the time. I literally just watched these oh, recently. Really? Really? Bumblebee Tuna, your balls are showing. I, that movie is so funny. He's running through like the African jungle, or there's no jungle in Africa, but he's running through the there African plains. There definitely is jungle in Africa. All right, well, that's fine. I've never been there. He's running through the plains. There's all these different tribes. He gets shot by arrows in his knee, and then in the other knee. Ah, it's just so funny. You the know, guano thing, like where he's eating bad shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I like him coming out of the rhino's ass, yeah. like with the mechanical I, I rhino. Get it. I mean, it's I, all I, I can so see funny. why you threw it up there. I'm a fan of Jim Carrey, big time. I like him a lot. Freaking love Jim um, Carrey. But, you know, you know it's 18. It's not like you put it in your top 10. Right. So it's, it's 18. Fine. It is what it is. I'm giving it what it should, like the dues it should get. And I watched it so many times as as a child. Most of the time, I take a nostalgic pick like that, and I throw it up way up high. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't do that. Here. And I I couldn't do it with this one because there are so many better movies. But oh, by the way, I'm going to put your number one. I love it. Yeah, write my number one down because I've got your number one in my head already. No, I already I, know it. I mean, uh, I already know. I'm your writing num- it down right now. I know your number one. I guess I should write yours down, right? I'm going to put it in this piece of paper, fold it up, rip a piece of paper off, and put down Winners get 20 bucks from the loser. Here we go. All right. While he's doing his right right now, his number one, I already wrote mine down. I'm putting it here in the middle. I'm going to do my number 17. Okay. This is definitely one that probably would make a lot of lists. But I have fond memories of it, although it's not one that I go back to often. I won't, I won't lie on that. But I'm, I'm a generally a pretty large Billy Crystal fan. Oh, like yeah, in, I know what you're going to say. In all aspects, I just like him a lot. And Daniel Stern as well. 
Um, so I went with City Slickers for my number 17. I love it. Yeah. And I like all of them. I like the Legends of Legend. Is, the, is there more than one? There's more than one, right? There's three, right? There is. Um, anyway, I, I love that movie. It's it's a fun movie, and it's I like Westerns. You know, I like the Western settings. Whether or not you could call it a Western, I don't know. But I like the whole idea of it. I just think it's a great movie, man. Yeah. I, I'd like to go. It's one that I don't go back to a lot, but I would like to go back to it. Like I'd go, I'd watch that right now and be smitten. So that was a movie that, again, that I watched a lot as a child in the 90s. I used to watch it all the time. We rented it so many times from the Mazan oh, Market. God, yeah. Like it was one that I loved. I really did love it. And, um, I, I, Jack I'm Pal- glad Jack Palance is curly. I'm super glad you have it on your list. That's good. Um, yeah, so that was my number 17. Yours 17. So my 17 is probably a lot higher on your list. Okay. I think it's a lot higher. And uh, it's very good. I love this man to death. I love everything he does. And this is the first movie he ever made. I know what it is. Clerks. You're putting that at 17. I am. Okay. I'm sorry. I know it's a lot higher on your list. And... It sh- maybe should be on mine, but either w- it's just one of those movies I didn't go back to as much at the time. Yeah, right. I, it totally because so first I of wasn't all, of the age to exactly. understand it. It's 1994. I understand it Jerry so much is more like now. Two years old. 94. I was seven. <laughs> seven years old. Not <laughs> watching Clerks a lot. No, you probably didn't even see it until like 2005. Well, I didn't. I saw it in the 90s, but it was like. 98, 99, yeah. maybe, maybe even 2000. Yeah. So, and, and still it wouldn't resonate. Exactly. It wouldn't. But looking back on it now, after watching it a bajillion times, um, I have to put it on my list, but it wasn't something of the time that I watched all the time. And I love it. It's hilarious. Everything about it I love. It's so simple, yet extremely deep. Like, in, I don't know. It's. I think this movie's deeper than any of the other movies on my list. Yeah, I mean... Uh, to I, a point. It's definitely not deep, so... Well, I mean, like, deep in a way that they, like, talk about things that you don't necessarily get as a kid. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? Like, deep, like, adult humor. Yeah. Is the way I mean it. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I probably didn't even see Clerks till I was at least 16. So Which was 90. 2000. Oh, So uh, we'll talk about it more later, I'm sure. All right. Um, That gives me to my number 16. If we're going to go on the same theme. Sure. Here. Uh, It's a little bit of a second movie by Kevin Smith uh, called Mallrats. Mallrats, huh? Mallrats is 16 on my list. You know, I always loved Mallrats, but it's not like a great movie. You know what I mean? It's a good, fun movie. 90s movie yes and if you're a fan of kevin smith it's got a lot of laughs um if you're nostalgic for the 90s you're right in with mall rats it's very 90s very nostalgic um but it isn't like crazy funny you know what i mean yeah well i mean you can get the humor out of what they're doing right you know in a mall and but the this comic is book world introduction of Jason Lee into first of all film in general, and even though Jason Lee's character in 
like what it is isn't necessarily funny. I think it is. Oh yeah, he is. He's the main comic relief. To a point. Yes. Yeah, he is, but I don't necessarily think he's like over the top funny. Nothing is over the top funny in it. Right. You know, but it's generally it's a has a positive light tone to it. The whole movie yes. does. And it's just a fun movie. It's a fun 90s movie that I think anybody would enjoy if you're over the age of 30 years old. And we will talk about that more later. Okay. <laughs> um, so you're number 16. My number 16 is a classic. Yes. American Pie. Really? Oh, yeah. I love that movie. You threw that on your so list, huh? I did because it was, I watched it, it all was, the time. First of all, gigantic. Absolutely, it was gigantic, gigantic smash, and it was right in the heart of my like teenage yeah. angst. <laughs> yes, absolutely, it was like it hit me at like the you right were time. Doing pies, at that I was time. doing pies. I was going to band camp. <laughs> I was all about Shannon Elizabeth. Yeah, it's very quotable. Um, I was never a huge fan. I'm not gonna lie. I wa- I was. I I loved it. I loved it. I loved every movie that came out from the time the first one did to the last one. For like me, it was mostly American like, Wedding. Oh, right? was the the girl the from Buffy the Vampire Slayer's in this? Right. <laughs> I I did. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. What's the guy's name that uh, was in um, that dog show movie? Um, the older guy, very Jewish. Um. The dog show? Yeah, well, that's not what it was called, but it was um, it was about the dog show, like the big uh, kennel yeah. club dog yeah. show, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, shoot. oh, Eugene Levy, Eugene Levy, yeah, yeah, the yeah. dad. He's, in I it. think yeah. he's incredible in Huge it. Huge cast: Tara Reid, Chris Klein, Jason Biggs, Sean William Scott, Allison Hannigan. It was like a super nineties cast. Thomas Ian Nicholas. Absolutely. And Huge. that was like in my wheelhouse. Natasha Leone's in it. I mean, every, it everybody's in, in it. Mina Suvari, Shannon Elizabeth. It's a huge cast. I had I have to put it on my list. It's something that I watched a lot. It's something that I like I said was right in my wheelhouse. I was like right at the age that yeah. maybe should have watched it, maybe not. I don't know, but I was allowed to. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely hilarious. It I don't know what year that movies. came out, but it was directly for me like made for my age yeah like that was the big movie and you just hated mainstream so yeah maybe that's why you know i didn't put it on my list but it brings up another movie to my forefront it's not gonna be on your list so i'll mention it can't hardly wait oh i love that movie that was a huge movie for me because of the age i was and also it was like my introduction to blink 182 yeah that was the first time i ever heard of blink 182 they had that there's can't hardly wait that was with um Freddie Prince Jr. Is he in that? Um. Yes. Yeah, he was. Je- um. Oh shoot! Dead air here. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt was in it. She was the main girl. He, no, he wasn't in that. Freddie what Prince was, Jr. What was he? He in? was in the Kiss Me Beneath the Milky Twilight. Yeah, with the girl she that like did the transformation. Wait, can't hardly wait. No, can't hardly no, no, wait. No, that's the one we're talking about. Because um, she, she's all that. She's all that. Yeah, she took her glasses off and turned into something yes. incredible. It was like Ugly Duckling. Uh, no, can't hardly wait. It was Seth Green, Jennifer Love Hewitt, and a bunch of other people. Jason. Seth Green. Yeah. 
He had the goggles on his head. Yes. That was, uh, damn it, by Blink-182 was like the main song of that. It was right, right when Blink-182, that was their first was thing. Was getting big, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like 97, 96, whatever. Anyway, it's not on my list or Jerry's, so. No. <laughs> he's talking about your number 15. Um, my number 15 is a movie that I should have higher. I should mm. have it higher because it was a huge part of my life. And it's super quotable. And it stars the funniest stand-up comedian of all time, Dave Chappelle. Oh, uh, half-baked. Baked. Yeah, half-baked. Half baked. Jim Brewer, Dave Chappelle. Yeah. This is a fucking amazing movie. I know. I agree with you. I should be higher, but I got too many things that I needed to put higher. But Half Baked is, it was go-to. Go-to movie. I know. For the time. And 1998. So perfect. I was in high, just my freshman year of high school. It's It was like something you shouldn't be watching, but you're old enough to watch, but you shouldn't be watching. Yeah. And I don't know. It was a different era, too. Like For sure. We just watched different things, but... It's one that I'll I'll tell you like I have it in my honorable mentions. I do love that movie. I should have put it on my top twenty. I had it in the top twenty and moved it out because of other movies. And it is one that I watched a lot. But I don't know. I think it hit me at a different time because I'm just so much incredibly like younger than you. Like I'm just I I don't have the age and you're so old. You know, you joke, so, but the reality is when you're talking no, about 90s movies, three years is a big difference. You're right. No, it, you're right. It is nothing now. So in 98, in I 98, was 11. Eight, you were 11 and I was 14. Yeah. 14 is a whole different, is different than 11. I mean, it's just completely different. Yeah, it really is different. And especially if you're in high school and I'm in fifth grade. Right. You know, like there's a huge difference there. So I didn't come into Half-Baked until I was older. So I'm watching Half-Baked and he's watching Aladdin. You're right. (laughs) I mean, you're right. Like Lion King was my jam at that time. It's a good movie. (laughs) Um, But it is very good. Jim Brewer. And by the way, now I'll watch Lion King and Aladdin. More than you would Half-Baked. Way more than I'll ever watch (laughs) Half-Baked. I'll never watch Half-Baked again in my life. Probably not. Well, you'll probably see it. Again. Nope. You'll no, probably. I won't. <laughs> and if I wasn't the biggest fan of Dave Chappelle in the world, I probably wouldn't even have it in my top. Are 20. you the biggest fan? Yeah. Out of anyone in the world, for sure. You're the biggest. Yep. Fan. All right, I might not be the biggest fan, but I'm a huge fan of Dave Chappelle. All right, so am I. I love him. What am I on? I don't know. Fifteen. Fifteen. I have a little bit of a theme here. All right. And mm-hmm. this is going to be the first movie in a theme. Okay. That's kind of a spoilers, letting you know. But my number 15 movie is Billy Madison. Oh, okay. Do you remember that, Fleck? Want to touch the hiney? <laughs> yes. So Billy Madison is based off of an Adam Sandler character where he. Uh, yeah, everybody's familiar with Billy Madison. Are you sure? Yes. So where he needs to go back to school, mm-hmm. right? And he starts out at kinder, literally at kindergarten and works his way up through school. Um, Chris Farley's in it. Uh, is David Spade in that movie? Probably. I don't remember him being in it. But he goes through school so that he can get his like father's fortune. Um, uh, what's that McDonald guy? 
uh, Norm McDonald. Norm McDonald's in it, and he's hilarious. Yeah. Everything about this movie is very, very funny. This is another one that was like right in my wheelhouse when it came out. Like I could watch it. It was funny. I enjoyed Adam Adam Sandler up like for my entire life. There's just so many things in this movie that I could quote and tell you about right now. Very that would quotable take movie. Hours. There's there's a whole scene where a clown is wearing stilts at this party at his house because he graduated like second grade and he falls down and they sing a whole song about how he fell and hit his head and dies as a like aneurysm. I don't know. There's very good parts. The whole um, Chris Farley scene where he's like testing Julie Madison. Do do the clown. Do do the clown. But then Chris Farley's like testing him on, on stuff and he says like, Asks him a question. Billy Madison answers it right. And he's like, you are correct. And he takes his shirt off. But he's dreaming of this teacher. I don't know. That's weird to say out loud. But it is very funny. And I love Billy Madison. Uh, Fair enough. I also like Billy Madison. I'm not a huge fan, to be honest. It's not my favorite. Uh, I do have it on my honorable mentions. Spoilers. Good. Because it is a very... Classic, quotable, like classic, respectable movie. There, sure. was, there was a genre of movie that came out in the 90s, and Billy Madison is right in the middle of it. All right. Hey, out there, YouTube world, I just wanted to let you know we had some trouble recording earlier, but you're catching up right with us here. We're doing our top 20 90s comedies. We're going to do a really quick rundown. We're at 15 now. Or 14 now. We're gonna I just do, finished my 15. Yeah, so. you just finished 15. Um, if you want to hear what we talked about on 20 through 15, go download the podcast. Subscribe on any anything you want to do, uh, Snarf Talk Podcast. I'm just going to run down my 20. So if you want to hear us talk about these, you got to go listen to the podcast. Right. My 20 was Clueless. My 19 was Friday. My 18 was Back to the Future Part 3. My 17 was City Slickers. My 16 was Mall Rats. My 15 was half-baked. Jerry? My 20 was Biodome. My 19, Office Space. 18, Ace Ventura When Nature Calls. 17, Clerks, Kevin Smith. 16 was American Pie. 15, Billy Madison. And now we will get into number Top 14. 14. <laughs> 14. So if you're on the podcast, uh, sorry for making you sit through that. If you're on YouTube here, uh, those were our... 20 through 15, we're going to top 14 for you. So there you go. My number 14, Jerry, we're going to jump right into it. If you want to hear banter, go download the podcast. Yeah, well, you're going to get some banter with 14 because I probably won't agree. My number 14 is all right, all right, all right. Dazed and confused. Dazed and confused. You have it higher, don't you? No? No. No, you don't have it on your list? I don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dazed and Confused is an ultimate classic, I know. man. Matthew McConaughey, come on. I weighed it. I weighed the option so much. So, so here's you, the deal. you talk about quotable movies. This oh, is know. one of it the really most is. quotable, for me anyway, that I can even think of. For basically everyone our age. And this, is, this was a huge part of my teenage years. I got a sixer in the trunk. Watching this movie... <laughs> Quoting this movie and trying to act and live like I was inside of this movie. This that's was my teenage years. If you want to take them all and encapsulate them, it was, was trying it. to be in this movie. Trying to live like I was in this movie. 
And um, I think we did a lot of things that were very similar to this movie <laughs> when I was in high school. And, you know, it's just the ultimate high school movie. So I agree with you. It, it really is. It's better than American Pie. It is. It is better than that. I agree with you. Again, I pick things that are relatable to me at the time. Um, and I know a lot of people that watch that movie all the time, like in my high school years. Party my, at the Moon Tower. But the problem was we my, had a moon tower. My high we school had years, a moon tower. Jerry. My high school years were in the two thousands, and that's when I was coming into that movie. I didn't really watch it in the 90s. I didn't really watch it. The best thing about Days and Confused is it, it's, it's set in the 70s. So No, I get it. The dating yeah. is irrelevant. Like the date, you know, you could watch it whenever. Like I, I just didn't watch it that much. And early Ben Affleck, maybe his first movie. No. Yeah, I think so. I think it might be Ben Affleck's first movie. Well, I'm going to have to look that up now. <laughs> um, um, anyway, he... Paddles some freshmen, right? He is a very yeah. small part in it, but yeah. I, I I love the movie. Yeah. His Can't. first movie, Ben Affleck's first movie, is called School Ties. It Ooh. came out in 95. That's a joke. Wait. Yeah, no, it came out in 92. His second movie was Dazed and Confused, which came out in 93. His f- real first movie. And then he joined an ensemble cast in director Kevin Smith's Mall Rats yes. in 95. So anyway, wow. uh, Days and Confused, great movie. That's my number 14, ultimately quotable. Uh, it's a shame it's not on your list. And your number 14, Jerry. My number 14 has been discussed, and it is a Billy Crystal classic, City Slickers. City Slickers! Holy smokes, did I love City Slickers. Yeah. Uh, we, again, like I said, we would get it from the Mazan market. I remember getting it, renting it from there. Watching it multiple times, I would always ask my parents if I could get it. It's such a great family movie, too. It really is a really good family movie. It's got something for all ages, because as a kid, there's tons of stuff you don't pick up on. No, not in the slightest. And But I also loved Westerns. I've always loved Westerns. I love Western movies. Um, Young Guns was one of my favorite shows of all time. And at the time... It's a movie, but yeah. But it came out as a show later, too. I didn't know that. Oh, well. Apparently you don't know a lot of things, Chris. Yes. So I Quick loved, in the Dead. I loved Gene that Ackman. movie. I loved mm-hmm. the shows, but I also loved City Slickers because they rode horses and they were in the West. Yeah, that's it. That was man. it. That's great. And it was there were city slickers. I mean, they were from the city, and it was funny. And they had no idea what was going on. And it was funny and watching Billy a, Crystal try to ride a horse. And when you're from a rural area, even though I didn't ride horses, even though I did, I mean, I did ride horses as a kid, but not not like that regularly. Yeah. Um, but my point is, there was an understanding as being somebody from the country with an understanding about cattle and agriculture. Right. Like, you got something more out of it. I felt like I did. I did. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I did. I felt like I did, too. And like I felt seeing like Billy Crystal kid, be so awkward yeah. around animals and around what was going on and having to do a cattle drive and like all of this stuff... Was so hilarious to me. Yes. And I remember thinking as a kid, look at this fucking city slicker. <laughs> He's got no idea. You're watching the movie City Slickers and you were calling him a, a city, city slicker. slicker. Yeah. And that is amazing. And Daniel Stern. Great. So, Come on. And hey, Daniel Stern might make an appearance later on my list. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
So that's my number 14, City Slickers. Number 13 for me, I wish I had my laptop with me, guys, and I, I apologize because usually I'm the guy that brings the facts on the names of all the people. But I'm going to try and get Jerry to guess this movie because there's no way he's got it on his list. All right. But it's got Tim Allen in it. And it's got Sigourney Weaver in Galaxy it. Galaxy Quest. Yes. <laughs> right there. My number 13 is Galaxy Quest. I don't have it on my list, but I do know the movie I very well. not only love this movie, but it's a bit of a cult classic. It didn't get a good reception. Oh, Alan Rickman, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Is one of my favorite actors. Mr. Rickman yeah. to you. And he is in this, and he's golden in it um this is a movie that got i feel like got no love at the time no it it didn't it didn't but But in retrospect it's a huge cult it's got a huge following because they've been pushing for a a sequel to this movie for a long time and i thought it was in the works for a while like i thought they wrote a sequel to this movie and they were going to do it but I don't know for sure if that's going to happen my favorite part about this movie is it is a complete um parody it's a parody movie essentially but it's a parody of star trek but it's obviously inside of itself where it's like what if the cast from star trek really got sucked into the universe right yes um which obviously on its face is great but that is the kind of thing i love that's why one of my favorite shows of all time is the orville with Seth MacFarlane. Right, and that's and what I need to get an into. amazing show that everybody should be watching. I believe it's not been canceled yet, thank God. So I haven't talked about it on the show yet, but um, we I've watched Galaxy Quest with Grady, my oldest son, and he thoroughly enjoys this Oh, it's a great kid's movie. movie. It's very funny. It's a great kid's movie. Loves it. And it's yeah. scary, kind of, at times. Well, that's what I was going to bring a- up, actually, because he got, like, disturbed the first time he ever saw it, and we didn't watch it again. And then I brought it up, like, a year later, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I remember this. Let's let's finish that. Finish the movie. Loves it. Wants to watch it regularly. It's a very well-balanced movie, and guess what? It doesn't date itself at all. You can no. watch it right now, and it looks like it came out this year. And that's no joke. Like, yes. And that's something that people really talk about with this movie is that there is no dating. It's Zero. It's it could, so it, good. It could have come out yesterday. And, and it, work it couldn't have great. come out at a better time for Tim Allen. Absolutely. Well. I mean, that was his prime at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Santa Claus, Jungle to Jungle. I, yes, Jungle to Jungle. I forgot about that, yeah. but I really do love the Santa Claus as well. All right, so that's my number 13. Jerry, your mm, number 13. My number 13 involves a guest of ours. Um, Tim McDonald? Nope. Dude. Dude. How the does dude. it involve the dude? Right. The Big Lebowski. Oh, The Big Lebowski. It turns out that's a comedy, and it came out in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about it later. Okay, well, it's <laughs> it's a very good movie. This is disturbing that you have it this high on your list. I apologize. I just have a different mindset on 90s movies. Apparently, you have a different mindset than the world. You're right. Jerry. I do. This is... I will not argue that a fact. A travesty, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay it out there right now. This is the most... straight No, up, no, Chris. Jerry, this is the most disappointed in you I've ever been in my life. I actually mm. don't even respect you as a human being anymore. That's fine. 
Like I, I, that's I, fine. I legitimately hate you right now. Good. That's what I want to bring out in people. Not Chris. even the top ten. I want to bring out the hate. This is like I want to feel your hate. I want to loathe and bathe and just live in your hate. This is the most disturbing thing that's ever happened. I want in my life. everyone on this podcast that listens. What number did you put this at? Thirteen. You're a horrible human being. Oh, just wait until you hear what's number 12. <laughs> All right, we're done, man. We're done. We're just skipping this. So because I'm, I I'm do done. love this movie, though. It's very good. We're not talking about it anymore, Jerry. And I'm so disappointed in you. I don't want to hear what you think about anything. Just wait until you hear what I put better at number 12. <laughs> All right. My number 12. Okay. I'm going to preface this right now. All right. Okay. If we're doing my, I believe we did our top movies of all time oh yeah and i think i put this in the top three for me and you're gonna put it at 12 here correct and you're yelling at me listen because we're doing comedies right now i know 90s comedies and this movie is a bit of a hybrid so therefore why can you tell me i am such a terrible person about putting the big lebowski at number 13 when we're only talking about comedy movies i don't feel like the Big Lebowski is one of the funniest movies. Of You're the 90s. absolutely wrong. It is okay. I don't think it is. Hey Jerry, we're not talking about that anymore. Like good movies. We're not talking about the Big Lebowski anymore. It is a very good movie. You have done something right now that is a travesty. <laughs> all right. So I don't even want to. I don't want to speak. It's of not it. a travesty. I don't want to speak of it. And I really don't think Listen, most people are going to have it in their like top five. It's my pick now. All right. It's my turn. All right. You're 12? Number 12 for me. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. However, it is a bit of a hybrid. It's kind of a drama. It's kind of a comedy. Here we go. Let's but get the explanation out. Listen, the way. that's why it's at mm-hmm. 12 on my comedies list, because it's not that funny of a movie, really, on the outset. Um, Probably not very It works good a little either. more as a comedy or as a drama, but it's Chasing Amy. Kevin Smith, Chasing Amy. It's not funny. It's not that funny. But it is a comedy. It would be considered a comedy because it is Kevin Smith. I would only consider it a drama. Is it? Well, then I made a bad pick. I'm, I'm sorry. That's why I put it at 12. So I saw Chase. I, I, had I to, thought I about had, Chasing Amy. I looked at Chasing Amy. I just don't feel like it's a comedy. You know what? But it has a lot of humor in it. But you're humor right. Humor is one thing. Okay. Comedy Listen, is Listen, I'm not going to argue with you. If you want to consider it a drama and take it off this list, you have a 100% right to do I'm it. I'm not going to take it off your list. You made the list. This, this is what the lists are. This is why I put it at 12. I put it at 12 because it is one of my favorite movies of all time. It could be considered a comedy by some people. So I couldn't You're put right. it in my top 10. So I threw it at number 12. There you go. Chasing Amy for me. Let's move on. Number 12. You know 12. what? I'm, I won't chastise you for it. You should. I won't tell you you're wrong. Because it's your list, and I believe your list is perfect. It is perfect, unlike yours. Go ahead. Number 12 for you. My number 12. Mm-hmm. Stars Ben Stiller. Something about Mary. There's something about Mary. <laughs> what an incredible movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. He jizzed. Yeah. In it, uh, on his own face. Right, like on his—is it on his, his ear? ear? His ear, yeah. Yeah, and she takes it and puts it in her hair. Cameron Diaz, yeah. Matt Dillon reaches Dillon. across and says, "Oh, is that hair gel?" Which who has ever done that? 
Yeah. How does this happen? That is the most insane circumstance. In a movie to where they put it out as like a family, like it was a family movie at the time, right? It was not a family movie. No, wasn't it? I don't don't remember it. it. I remember. Hard R, man. Why was I allowed to watch this? You shouldn't have been. Oh, I did. I watched it in the 90s. Like, obviously, like. When did it come out? 97? Late 98? Yeah. I don't know. I don't have my computer, but... Either way, I watched it then. Like, at, it, it came out on video. Yeah. We didn't go to the movie theater. Like, I was never allowed to there go to the movie theater. There was no such thing as a movie theater when I was a kid. Well, I mean, Morris was still there. Yeah, we saw Twister. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see Twister. That was 95. Yeah, I saw it in the two-screen downtown movie theater. The Roxy? No. That's in Ottawa. No, there's anyway. a two-screener downtown. I saw Twister. It was the last movie that played there. I'm uh, just saying it wasn't often we went to the movie theater. There's something about Mary. Air Force One. It's a hilarious movie. It is a classic 90s movie. I think Ben Stiller's phenomenal. Cameron Diaz was like the cherry of everyone's eye. She was. That was her big debut, time. I think. That was her first movie. Or one of the. I'll have to look that up. But Matt Dillon right. was in it. Yeah, Matt Dillon was huge. You know what's great about that movie? Dark comedy. It's yes. dark comedy. Um, who who made that movie? Is that a Fairly Brothers movie? I'm gonna have to look it up. Hang on. So no, The Mask was her first movie. Oh, The Mask, yes. Ninety four. Yeah, The Mask. She was in The Mask, yeah. Yeah, which is a great movie. Yeah, it is a good and movie. And I thought about putting it on my list. I did too. I did too. Because Great. I do love that movie. Hey, based on a comic, and if you've never read the Mask comic, it is not like the movie. <laughs> no. It is hard R, the Mask comic. Very, very hard. Uh, So there's something about Mary came out in 98. Yeah, I was, I was going to say it was late. I was in high school when that came out. Or just in. Ooh, I'm going to have to look back in her timeline. Anyway, it's not important. Everybody knows something about Mary. Dark comedy. Oh, she was in a lot Who of stuff. Who made it, though? Who wrote and directed it? That's what I want to know. Was it a Farrelly Brothers movie? Hang on. Let me look it up. Yeah, get going. She man. was in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, too, before that. Yeah. I had almost made my list as well, but I um, had a hard time getting Director was, yeah, Farrelly Brothers. Yeah, Farrelly Brothers. They made one of my favorite movies. Not a 90s movie, but it's called Stuck on You. With yes. Greg Kinnear and Matt Damon. You've talked about this a lot, and I've never seen it. Oh, it's such a good movie, dude. you got to watch it. Is it? Yes, it is. It looks so ridiculous. Listen to me, Jerry. Which I'm in for ridiculous. If you like... If anyone is, I'm in. It's got so much heart stuck on you. you got to watch it. Anyway, I loved There's Something About Mary, and it is my number 12. All right, let's move on. My number 11 is the first entry from my list of one of my favorite filmmakers of all time. Okay. Um, it is starring Jason Schwartzman and Bill Murray, and it is called Rushmore. Uh, Rushmore. I was going to say Rocket. Uh, Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket. Yeah, that's, that's what got, I was going to say. That's got Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson. Yeah. That's it, his first movie. Rushmore. What's his name? And I'm, I'm, I don't have my computer. It's Wes... Uh, Anderson. Wes Anderson, yes. Um, I'm a huge Wes Anderson fan, or at least I was early on. I've lost interest completely. Yeah, after Fantastic Mr. Fox, I liked Moonrise Kingdom. 
I did not, um, and I haven't really liked anything since, to be honest. But I am a huge fan of, obviously, the Royal Tenenbaums, Rushmore, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou is one of my favorite movies yes. of all time. I believe that was not in the 90s, though, 2001. Right? Yeah. Um, otherwise, that would be way up higher on my list. But Rushmore is right up there. It's one of my favorites. Very good. Um, it's not like laugh out loud funny, and no Wes Anderson movie is. Yeah. They're just... Um, a certain type of humor that I very much enjoy. And Rushmore, I agree. It, I, it, it, not only was I a massive fan of this movie, it made me into a massive Jason Schwartzman fan. Yes. Who is also, you know, he's a Coppola, right? He's related to the Nick He's like Cage, a cousin, Nick right? Nick Cage, Francis Ford Coppola, Sophia Coppola, they're all related. I heard this, yes. Yeah. Like, like on a... Night show, but he talked about it. On Jason Schwartzman is clearly the coolest one of all of them. He's very, very, very funny. I love that movie, and it won't make a lot of people's top lists, but it isn't one that a lot of people have seen, to be honest. And I would recommend highly if you like subversive, like, why do you what would you explain his comedy as? It's not dark humor, it's not dark. No, comedy. it's not dark, it's like cerebral i don't know yeah realistic not realistic at all i think it's realistic to a point no you don't no i think it's like a weird like i think a, it brings it down to a level that's almost like hipster let's it's hipster it's right very hipster yeah. yes and i'm not a hipstery person but i am a wes anderson person so i'm gonna give wes anderson his due with rushmore okay well we might see it again all right <laughs> so you're number 11 my number 11 is following a trend here. Like Rushmore? I said. Oh my God, Jerry. Nope. Not this... yet. Uh, did I have one? Yeah, I did. Uh, it is another Adam Sandler Of course. Movie. It's the water boy. It is the water boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny that you called it out. Yeah, the water boy. I don't think it's one of the best Adam Sandler movies, obviously, because it's at my number 11. But... It is very good, and it was, again, in the prime of my childhood. Yeah. I loved it. It was about football. He was like this Louisiana boy that knew nothing. It was hilarious. There was the, the whole, like, hillbilly coach that you couldn't understand. Yeah. Everything about the movie I loved. I'm going to be honest with you. There was the... I the, have other Adam Sandler movies on my list. Spoilers. Okay. Um, I'm sure you do, too, as well. Uh, as do I. But... As far as laugh out loud funny, The Waterboy is one of the laugh out loud funniest of his movies. Like as far as jokes per minute. Like yeah. it's got a lot of great gags and it's got some good heart to it too. It's a good movie. It's a very good movie. It's not on I my agree. list. I'm not spoilers. It's not on my list. I thought about it. I think it's an underrated movie of his. Big time. I, I agree with you. I think it is underrated compared to other movies. Bobby Boucher. And yeah, as a whole, like the movie as a whole, I think is very, very good. I do think it's funny though. And that's why I have it as my number 11. And but it, it's not quite as good as other Adam Sandler movies. No. And it also has one of the greatest actors of all time in it. Which one? Um, Henry the Fonz. Winkler. Oh, Henry Winkler. We met him. Yeah, and he is amazing. I gave him a high five. He is so amazing in everything I, he does. Didn't I give him a high five? Let's say yes. Well, we were literally feet 
from him. You told him not to jump the shark. I did. I told him, I said, hey, don't jump that and shark. And I said, hey, you're the bomb and bury you. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I didn't give him a high five. That's wrong. I didn't, but I did tell I him not to did. jump the shark. I think you did. I think I did when I said don't jump the yes, shark. Yes, you did. <laughs> you were maybe intoxicated, but you did. Well, that's probably why I don't. Particularly remember. Hey, my number 10 uh, might follow the same theme as yours. The Water Boy. No, it's not The Water Boy. Oh, you said you didn't have it on. Uh, It's an Adam Sandler movie, obviously. And people might have it higher. I think it's his, I think it's one of his best movies. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just not one of his funniest movies. Okay. But it's, it might be his best movie, but it's not his funniest. All right. That's why it's my number 10. No. Um, and it is The Wedding Singer. Oh, I love The Wedding Singer. It is such a heartfelt, amazing movie. But I love it's it. not outlandishly laugh out funny. Get out of the way, Billy. You remember that? No, part? I don't. Billy oh, yeah, Idol yeah, yeah, singing Billy on the Idol, plane. Yes. He's like, get out of the way, Billy. I love that movie and um, everything they did with it. And that was, I mean, you can't help but fall in love with both characters, him and yeah. Drew Barrymore. And. They do this amazing tribute to this movie in the Goldbergs. We've talked they about it before. They do. And how they got the rights to some parts of that movie is incredible to me. That they could play that on TV, portions of this movie within the TV show, and play it on TV. I just, unbelievable. That Goldbergs show is amazing. So, and the other great thing about it is I, I play guitar. Right, I always did through high school, and um, I thought it was ukulele. If you could play that song, I want to make you smile, which is super easy, by the way, on guitar, amazingly easy. Um, At that time, when I was in high school, if you could play that song on guitar and sing it, gonna get you. You were (laughs) gold. You were golden. (laughs) Listen, everybody loved that. Um, Yes, you were you were golden on that one. I completely agree. We'll talk about it. <laughs> All right, uh, sure. My number ten. We? We're number in the top ten, folks. That was my number ten. We're in the top ten. We're in the big leagues here. Mm-hmm. We're going for the gold. Actually, on YouTube, we might not even. We might separate this. We might separate the twenty. I think we should. And we'll do a top ten. Here's our top ten. YouTube, welcome to the fold. Here, we're in our top ten. Top ten greatest '90s movies. Let's go. Mine was number ten. Was Wedding Singer. My number ten is is a Wes Anderson movie that's called. Rushmore. Oh my God, Jerry, that was my number 11. There you go. Rushmore. Ben Schwartzman. All of it. Jason Schwartzman, yes. Who's Ben? Ben Schwartz is He's from from Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. You're right. Jason Schwartzman. Incredible. Phantom Planet. He's a drummer, right? Everything. I don't know. He's a drummer in the band Phantom Planet. All right. Well, that went over my head. I didn't know that. Mm Mm-hmm. Rushmore. We talked about it. It's very good. Wes Anderson. All of his movies have a very specific style, and some people don't like it. It is hipster, like you had said before. This is the least of that, though. It is. You're right. It is the least of that, but there is still a specific style to all of Wes Anderson movies, and it you know, is obviously in the fold. But it is by far my second favorite Wes Anderson movie. The it Life is Aquatics so with Steve Zissou is by far my favorite. But no, it's a 2000s movie. So if you haven't ever watched a Wes Anderson movie, I would suggest watching Rushmore. Or Life Aquatic. 
or Life Aquatic or Fantastic Mr. Fox because yeah. I do like that movie a lot. And Royal Tenenbaums. Royal Tenenbaums for sure because Pagoda has been on the show. And Listen, guys, we need to get Pagoda back in the studio. Yeah, I just like worked with him today. Stat. Yeah, you're right. I miss him. I, I miss his too. face. I miss his inappropriate drunkenness. He's, I miss all of it. He's got like a mullet now. Oh, I want to see it. He's bald on top with a mullet in the back, and it's amazing. Nice. It's disgusting, actually. It's like horrible. It. <laughs> it's... All right, we got to get him in here to talk about it. But next week, we're going to get uh, the loser of Snark Madness in here, Keith. I hope so. All right, number nine for me. Your number 10 was over. My number nine is a movie that a lot of people would have higher. Um, I don't... Okay, there's a bunch of them. They all blend together for me. I couldn't tell you which one was which. Okay. But they were quintessential 90s. Mike Myers at his funniest. I agree with you. Austin Powers. Yes. The International Man of Mystery. Or the Spy Who Shagged Me. Throw them all together. Whatever. Um, super quotable. And the only reason... It's so quotable. Yeah, baby. It's so quotable and so funny. That the only reason that it's not higher is because it just kind of faded into obscurity, didn't it? You don't think about it or hear about it anymore. But at the time, there was nothing bigger. Nothing. You're right. Yeah, you're right. All we did was walk around and quote this movie. Yeah. Everybody. And everybody listening probably here is probably like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. How did that happen? I don't know. These I were think, the biggest movies of all time. I think it happened because of the love guru. Yep, that was a problem. That that's what like the downtrend happened after that. You didn't see him after that. Oh but, yeah, you did Shrek. Well, you heard him in Shrek, but yeah. you didn't see an Austin Powers movie or like a Mike Myers movie really after Shrek. He was in Bohemian Rhapsody. He was good enough. He had a small part, yeah. yes. And that but, came much later. No, he's been in other stuff, for sure. He was in a World War II movie. I can't remember which one was he played it. I don't know. But anyway. He, yes, Austin Powers, phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, literally gag after gag, laugh out loud, funny, quotable, amazing, should be higher, but can't be because it didn't stand the test of time, apparently. That's why it's at my number nine. I guess so. My number nine. Austin Powers. Austin Powers. Wow. So, yeah, I wanted to talk about this for a long time because it is one of the movies. It's my wife's, some of my wife's favorite movies ever. I think it's some of everybody's favorite movies Are ever. Are all they're of the so Austin Powers movies? Yeah, they're so funny. And all of them. Yes. It does, like, none of them get worse. No. They are all of the same quality. They Fat are the bastard. same thing. These Get are things. In my for, yeah. For our time frame of like living, these are the movies that we remember. Yeah. Right. And Austin Powers like molded all of this. They were something that never happened before. It was another movie that I got out of the Mazan market. It was it was a basically a takeoff of the eighties like naked gun movies, but funnier. You're right. That was that like slapstick comedy that everybody wanted. That was so ridiculous, but it was something of a different... With more depth. Yeah, there was more depth, and it was like a different take on that. Like, yeah. it was something you'd never think of, of this English spy, like James Bondish type guy that was not capable in <laughs> right. any sense of the word, but 
it was all hilarious. And then now I we have Cushman scooters at, at work, these little yellow scooters. He drives one of those in one of those movies and he gets stuck in the hallway, tries to back it around. I think it's even more funny now because I drive those things around and they're hard to steer. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's amazing that they had those in the movie and he's trying to back it up and it's just nonstop gag after gag. It's, it's really, really, really funny. And I want to put it higher, but I can't. Sorry. I agree. My, your number nine, no, that my, was my number, my number eight is office space. We talked about it earlier. You had it way higher on your list, but lower, which, lower, whatever, which I understand. It's totally reasonable for you to have done that. Yeah. But it is a very funny, very quotable movie that just hit me perfectly age wise. And that's why I think it's so high on my list. Um, it was, I think it was probably one of my first experiences with what I would consider to be a non-mainstream comedy. Like a off the beaten track. Like it became big, but it was a cult movie. Right. Like it wasn't a huge blockbuster like Austin Powers. You know what I mean? It was a quiet little subversive off the beaten path movie that somehow just became huge because it was really funny and it had a great cast and Mike Judge is a genius even though I'm yes. not a fan of Beavis and Butthead. I'm not really either. I was a little bit because my brother was. Like yeah. my brother was in that age. Like he's, he's perfect for that age. For Beavis we and Butthead. We missed it. We missed Beavis and Butthead I think age-wise a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um and I didn't have cable, so that <laughs> made a big difference. Right. I wasn't allowed to watch it. I don't think it's funny now. Like, I watch it, and I don't think it's funny. I know. I don't either. I never thought it was funny. When I was in college, a lot of people watched it. That's when the movie came out, Beavis and Butthead, Do America. Do America, right? yeah. And people were going crazy. They bought the box set, and they'd always watch it. And I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. And I wasn't a huge fan of King of the Hill either. So... You know, I wasn't a huge fan of any of it, but I love Office Space. Absolutely. It's great because it's got heart, man. It's got something to it. It doesn't feel like a normal comedy. It's like a dark comedy. I love dark it. It is. Comedy. Yeah. It absolutely is a dark comedy. And that is my favorite genre of comedy by far is dark comedy. I agree. So that is my number eight. Jerry, your number eight is. It's an old Woody Harrelson movie. A Woody Harrelson movie. Kingpin. Kingpin. Do you have it on your list at all? I do not. You don't have Kingpin. I debated it hardcore. On your list. I'm going to tell you, before you get into it, the, the only reason why I don't have my list. All right? It's not one that I go back to at all. I, That's I've the only watched reason. watched it. I thought oh about it. I, I really thought about it a lot, Jerry, but I just don't I don't go back to it. I've watched it a couple times and that's I it. Mean, and it's really funny. And Bill, Bill Murray's Murray. amazing in it. I love Woody Harrelson. Randy Quaid. Yeah. I can just remember my mom's voice in the back of my head when it comes to that movie. She hated Woody Harrelson. And she hated Oh really? That movie. And it was just she considered it to be like rude movie. It is. And so I just remember watching it as a kid and her being not a fan of it. And somehow it just, you know, that stuff happens when you're a kid. 
like things like that permeate into your mind, and that's the only reason why I don't have. It You're on right, list. and but they're making. They're supposed to be making another movie. It's very funny. It's off very of good. this one about um, Jesus or Jesus. No, that's Big Lebowski. Sorry, is it? Yeah, dude. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. Oh, you're right. Now, but he's you, a bowler. You have I screwed up. Pissed me off now, doubly. That's fine. Kingpin is an underrated movie. Well, you rated it high. I have it. I I've underrated it. I do have it somewhere on my list, um, but not on a list that you will hear about on this podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, I think Kingpin is hilarious. Bill Murray's great. Woody Harrelson's great. All of it. If you've never seen Kingpin, you're... It's a disservice. Yeah, that is a disservice to me as a person, a disservice to America. Yeah. America. America. All right. That was my number eight. My number seven is a movie that Jerry had on his list earlier. Um, And I don't think, by the way, I don't have any qualms. I don't think. I don't want your, your life. life. <laughs> I don't have any issue with where you put it in your list. I'm actually surprised it made your list. Okay. Um, but it is the biggest influence on my life. Oh, Clerks. Yeah. Kevin Smith is the biggest influence probably on my life creatively um, and maybe entertainment-wise of mm-hmm. anybody. I know a lot of people would be like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But for me, I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Um, we've talked about it many a time. Kevin Smith is my ultimate. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's his best movie by far. No. It is funnier than Chasing Amy, which is one of my favorite movies of all Mm -hmm. time. Um, It is very funny, and it is my introduction to a world that at the time I had no business being a part of. (laughs) Okay. I had no understanding of what that world was. Yeah. Um, it was beyond me age-wise. It was beyond me cultural-wise. It was beyond me in every capacity. Right? So it opened kind of a window to me of a whole different world. Mm-hmm. And I, I know how stupid that sounds for a relatively dumb movie. It's not like one yeah. of those movies that's like, under the surface, it's smart. No, no, it is not. not. No, it is not. But it it opened a world to me as far as culture, but it also opened a world to me uh, on what humor could be Mm -hmm. and what film could be and filmmaking and movies and what impact and the whole idea of indie film. All right. And it has a whole different feel to it. It's not like anything you've seen before on movie. It's not like anything you've seen before on TV. I'm talking at the time. Mm -hmm. It's not like anything... I had ever seen before in my entire life. So this to is, that point, this is what propelled that movie. That well. is absolutely what propelled that it's movie. It's like it's something that never had happened before. It was an indie film that people had never seen, or a genre of movie that people had never seen. Right, and it opened a whole new world for so many people that that's what propelled that movie to be what it is now. And certainly, there was people out there that understood and cared about indie film all right but i had no exposure to that world those movies played in little theaters in new york city right but also indie film at the time was different than what this movie was well that there was indie film at the time that was similar like slacker what he based it off of but we didn't have access to that no not in the slightest there was no internet right we couldn't go rent 
movies like that at the Mizan market. No, you couldn't. You know, we had no access to that unless you lived in Chicago, New York, or LA. You had zero access to that. Right. So this is the first one that I'm aware of that caught the mainstream in that genre. There was indie films like Quentin Tarantino films and stuff like that. Sure. That caught that, that genre in action, like Reservoir Dogs. I was aware of those. That's why I'm saying it's different than that. Very like, different. It's, it's nothing. It's so small. Yeah. And it's it's not... Incredibly I, small. In, small in plot, in tone, in, in humor. In filmmaking. Yeah. In filmmaking as a whole, it's a small movie. It's something he did off of a credit card. Yeah. Or multiple credit cards, whatever. But it's something that didn't happen at that time, and and to and and we think of it now, and we go like, and and you could make that movie now for, you know, five thousand dollars. At the time, he made it for like twenty two thousand, something like that, on a credit card. Yep, it costs more to make movies then. You couldn't make it on an iPhone. No, but that's what makes makes it better. But my point in that is, um, it doesn't matter that it was cheap because it doesn't feel cheap. It might look cheap. Right, but it it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't lend itself to that. It's all about writing, and you know, I probably didn't watch this movie until I was sixteen, well after it came out, uh, five years after it came out, right? And I probably had seen other. I know for a fact I had seen other. I'd seen Mallrats and other Kevin Smith movies before Clerks. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no doubt about that in my mind. Sure. So I came back from. One of some of the other Kevin Smith movies, and and worked backwards into Clerks, but it had no less impact on me because it was so different, and it's so different than his other movies. One hundred percent, because he ended up getting money, yeah, money, and to studios do those other and movies, stuff like yeah. that. And I, I just can't. I understand. There's people that haven't seen this movie, and I understand that if you watched it now, you wouldn't probably get it. All right. I don't know. I think they might get parts of it. If you like film, you'll love it. If you like comedy, not like I like comedy, like I like, uh, you know, it's not Billy slapstick. Madison. Yeah, you know, if not... you like cerebral comedy, you'll love it. Yeah, but if you're just a casual filmmaker, you won't like it. That's fine. But you, I can't relay the impact this had to, on me as a 15, 16 year old. Yeah. It changed everything in my world. And, you know, I should have it higher probably, but it's just not that funny. Right. You know and what I mean? This is a comedy. And list. this is a comedy list. So yeah. that's my number seven. As much as I'm like all in the bag for everything, Kevin Smith and my heart goes out for this movie. Um, I would put it on my most inspirational movies of all time. I would put it on my list of, you know, movies that affected my life, it would be right up there. But on co- straight comedy, 90s comedies, you know, it doesn't have the, the laughs per minute, but right. amazing movie. So your number seven. My number seven is a movie we have discussed a little bit prior, and it is The Wedding Singer. Oh, yeah. I want to make you smile. One of the funniest parts, though, is it's ladies' night. <laughs> And John Lovitz yeah. is singing that song, and I think it's freaking hilarious. She pays him in meatballs. Come on. <laughs> yes, exactly. But 
again, to your point, like there is a deeper tone to this movie. For sure. It's um, a romantic comedy. It is a romantic comedy. He's trying to, or he's not really trying, but he ends up falling in love with this woman, Drew Barrymore, that they're in a lot of movies after this. Yeah. A uh, lot of great together. movies. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it's so good. Every portion of this movie is so good. It's also very funny while it's being heartfelt. And you want to know what's amazing about this movie? Completely, again, doesn't date itself. You could watch it right now. It could be made yesterday. It's phenomenal. It's because it's set in the 80s. It's a period piece. But, you know, it's not set at the time that it came out. Yes. And I, yeah, Billy Idol's in it somehow. I don't know how I got Billy Idol in the movie, but. Well, he was um, a star then. He was well a star by the time this movie came out. Absolutely was. But how do you get him in a movie like this? Adam Sandler was an established movie star. When this, I know, I just this wasn't one of his first movies. Well, I understand that. I'm saying I just don't, I don't know. I, I thought it would be weird to get him in that because Billy Idol was kind of past his prime. I guess he was just wanting money. You know, <laughs> he went in the movie because when you have make a movie set in the 80s, you need somebody, you need like, somebody that. like that. Well, it's, I understand. It's like that or you get like, uh, you know. He could have got David Bowie. He's a much smaller star. Yeah, you're not getting David Bowie. <laughs> you could have got like Axel. Axel. Yeah, you could have. They were a '90s band. He was, he was out of his mind on drugs by that point. Yeah, a lot of them were. <laughs> yeah. Either way, the whole movie is hilarious. It's great. Uh, like uh, where I want to watch it right like, now. Yeah, I want to watch it right the now. The more I talk about it, like where he starts singing about how he wants to kill himself. Yeah. What's that song? Oh, I used to sing it all the time because I think it's so funny, even though it's like really dark and yeah. depressing. Um, it's just a, I want a bullet in my head. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, it's put a, a bullet in my it's head. It's a fun little romantic comedy. And it was different than what he had done before. Absolutely. Like everything that, you know, the, the whole Adam Sandler genre of things like Madison, Billy Madison, isn't it Billy Madison Productions? Happy Madison. Happy Madison Productions. It was different than what he'd done before. Just very good. Yeah. Love it. All right. Um, what was that? Number seven for you? Mm-hmm. Number six for me. Um, we're going to switch up genres completely. Oof. And um, we're going to go with a Christmas movie. What? Yeah. I told you I had another Daniel Stern movie on this list. You're going to put a Christmas movie on this list? Uh, yeah. A little movie from John Hughes. Oh. called Home Alone. Home Alone, yeah. Um, you know, I never was a fan of this movie really as a kid, weirdly enough. That is weird. I didn't become a fan of this movie till I... I watched it many times. Don't get me wrong, I watch it every year. Yeah. But I didn't really get to appreciate it until I was older, until I was an adult. And I don't... Until really pretty recently, until I had kids. And I'm like, you know what? This is... The best Christmas movie of all time. So, I would agree with you about Christmas movie, but not necessarily about comedy. You know what? It's funny. It is funny. It's heartfelt. I got to throw it on my list. I got to give credit where it's credit's due. It's the 90s. It's a comedy. And it's one of the best movies of the 90s. I agree. So, I'm throwing it on my list. I love it. I do, too. It's just (laughs) not on my... That's my number six. Comedy list. My number six, again, we've talked about it already, Kevin Smith, 
Mall rats. Mall rats. I wow. love You got it way rats. higher on your I do. List. I have it on my number six. I love mall rats. This is stemming from, again, like my brother influenced yep. me a lot when I was younger. And he was so 100% in this world of what mall rats was. Like he was, uh, what's the main character's name? What's Brody. Well, he, not, Brody's not the main character. Actually. Well, no, but that's the guy I'm talking about. He was like a Brody type person throughout this time frame. And he was somebody that was very influential on my life, like at the time, because he's so much older than me. And I, he watched it. He loved it. He like lived that type of life. And I wanted to be a part of that. Yeah. So I would watch Mall Rats over and over and over again. And that's really what stemmed my like comic love. Like comic books were presented to me through this movie. Yeah, absolutely. It's and a huge part of the movie. Yeah. It, yeah, it's a huge part of it. And that's where I started to understand like, oh, this is a thing. It's really funny because so for me that was Chasing Amy. That's what you know, helped bring on comics. I mean, yeah. I, I was into comics before that, but that's what really cemented it. Chasing Amy, much more about comics than Mall Rats, sure. of course. But. Absolutely, but I, I just, I got into it more from that. That's when I started asking my mom about, like, can I buy these books? Like, I want to buy these books. And it all stemmed from this movie. Obviously, still very funny. That's why I think it's very funny. But I also go back to the whole nostalgic part of this movie in that, like, it, I feel like, like you were talking about Clerks, I feel like Mall Rats, even though how ridiculous like Mall Rats is. It's a, it's a 90s studio comedy. Right, it is. But at the time, it did shape my life to where I am now. Like I wouldn't, I don't think I would like comic books or be into that type of thing as much as I am now if Mall Rats didn't happen at that time. Yep. Or I didn't watch Mall Rats at that time. And I watched it so much that I wanted to do that kind of thing or like wanted to be involved in that kind of thing. And that's why I love the Joliet, Louis Joliet Mall. I'm going to say, I mean, um, <laughs> one thing about Mall Rats is it, is a, it was his big studio comedy, right? Um, he had success with Clerks and they're like, we're going to give you a bunch of money and make a real studio movie, right? But it right. was just... So much different than all the other bullshit studio movies that were coming out at the time. Absolutely. It like was. it had so much more edge to it. And it still, because it had the Kevin Smith tone. It had like, the touch, yes. That touch of that Kevin Smith touch on of, it. Touch of indie, even though it wasn't indie. It had just that little bit different, you know, it was made by not somebody in the system. Right. You know what I mean? And like he would say now, like Kevin Smith talks about it now, and like at the time it was like a just a complete flop, you know, oh. like it didn't make any money, and he. But it made it a huge life after. Absolutely, it did. And, but at the time, it wasn't successful for him. Right. And he thought it was going to be because it was a studio produced movie, and he thought, well, I had Clerks, now Mallrats. Oh, it's this big production. I'm gonna make it crap load of money from it and then at the time it just didn't make anything. it didn't make anything and he thought he was done but it's got this huge cult following now for this movie and and I'm one of those people I'm one of those people that loves mall rats I'm one of those people that will tell you to watch mall rats and the other thing that's great just, about it is if you're of our age you get it 
Nobody would get it now. Kids wouldn't get it now. The Not really. mall was a big deal. It was a big it, deal. We went to the mall Going a lot. to the mall was huge and, at the time. And like when I had like people of my age, and this is, it sounds ridiculous because we're from the country, right? Right. But when we ha- we had birthday parties where you get like five of your friends, and that's what you did for your birthdays. You just went to the went mall. Went to the mall. And your parents are just like, okay, go. You went to the arcade. Yeah. You went around and shopped. And your mom, your parents are just like, we'll meet you at this place at this time. And you're 12 years old. And you're like, go in the mall. We did it all the time. Right. That's what we did. That was the only thing to do. <laughs> and it just sounds weird, though, coming from the farm background that we came in, how much time we went to the mall. And I'm not saying we went there all the time. Not Certainly, the people in Mall Reds, they spent every day at the mall. We didn't do that. It was no, a rare occasion, but it was a big deal. We went to the mall. We went for people's birthday parties. We just went to the mall. That's all we had to do. <laughs> yeah. That was the biggest thing to do. It was a big deal. I remember like uh, before school started, like we'd be, oh yeah, we, we would go like school shopping, yeah. you know, and you would go to the mall to do that. It's like what? We can go to the mall and I can get like this new stuff and see all of these things. I thought it was like the most incredible thing, and it's stemming from this movie, like watching this movie and seeing these people hang out in the mall and get to do whatever they want to do and have all these hijinks. Yeah, happen. It's like what we. I all thought wanted. I could do that. Yeah. I thought I could do that. Like. Oh, mom and dad are taking me to the mall. I can live the mall rat's life. Like, yeah. no, it was never going to happen, but I based it off of that. We kind of did, and though. I thought I don't it was know. so funny. I don't know if you ever did this, but like, our, we would get a group of my friends, our parents would take us to the mall, and they would leave us alone. And we would kind of get into some mischief. I didn't do that much. I was not left alone in a mall. Yeah, we did that. And we did get into a little bit of mischief sometimes. I remember one of my friends tipping uh tipping a the coin machine at the at the um arcade, you know, the one you put yeah. the quarter in that pushes the other coins yes. off. And he tipped it over to get all the coins. And they have an alarm that goes off. And there was running from the mall, from the security oh. guards. That happened. So we in had, mall rats. No, in my life. <laughs> I know. So I would tell you uh, who that was. It might have been somebody on that. It might have been a relative of somebody that's been on this podcast. All right. Good to know. That um, was my number six. My number five. Top five. Here we go, guys. Top five. Big time. Big time here. Top five 90s comedies. My number five. Jerry's going to have higher on his list. I know that. But my number five, it doesn't matter at this point, is Happy Gilmore. Okay. You don't have it on your list? Oh, I, don't know. Yeah, you do. I don't know. Um, Happy Gilmore is amazing. It is. So funny. I mean, it is just nonstop quotable, so quotable. One of probably his most quotable movie. Absolutely. And, and you take you're taking this guy that's like down on his luck, has nothing going for him, and the only thing he can do is try to play golf yeah. to win like oh, his it's grandma's. A re- it's a ridiculous movie. To win his grandma's house back? Yeah. Like, what? What is this? And he's going to play against like PGA Tour champions. You know, like if you talk about it now, like professional golf right. champions. And he's going to go with a hockey stick. Yeah. And win it? <laughs> it's freaking ridiculous. Chubbs gets his hand bit off by a alligator he cuts the alligator's head off barkers in it he yeah bob barker beats the shit out of him 
absolutely ridiculous, but one of the best movies of the 90s. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, before we came here, we, we were with some people and we said, oh, we're leaving. There's, oh, what's the topic? Top 90s comedies. I think three people said, oh, Happy Gilmore. Yes. Yeah. They did. So, And I know it's going to be high on your list, so we'll leave it. But um, that was my number five. My number five is a movie I've talked about a lot. I will forever in my life talk about this movie. Um, it's also Mike Myers' movie. Oh. Do you have a guess? Fuck. I know what it is. It might be on the table wrapped up right there. Wayne's World. Yep. I had it down as your number one. It's not my number well, one. Well, now I know what your number one is. You don't. Can I change it? Sure. I know what it is now. Okay, you don't, but... Uh, okay, well, then I don't even No, try. you can write write no. another one down. No. Let's see. I thought it would be Happy Gilmore if it wasn't that, so... Okay, well, it's not. Okay. Uh, Wayne's World is one of my favorite movies of all time. I have it as my number five because we're talking about 90s comedies, right? We're not talking about overall aspect of movies. And I think Wayne's World's hilarious. I was, again, like... This is a nostalgia in- play for you. Very influenced by my brother, but I I watch Wayne's World now. I just watched it not too long ago. It's a great movie and very funny. I I wouldn't put it like hilariously 90s comedies like way up on my list. I know it's got huge nostalgic value for you. It does. And I watched a lot of that. Like I I watched a lot of 90s like Saturday Night Live. And and I watched old stuff because I did end up getting satellite when I was younger. So I had Comedy Central. Comedy Central would play saturday night live um like reruns so i saw a lot of the old wayne's world stuff on comedy central prior to even seeing the movie and then my brother was like playing the movie all the time i watched it all the time we had it on vhs and i would just continuously play wayne's world and i loved it i loved everything about it i still love everything about it the whole bohemian rhapsody scene in the gremlin car they were in Aurora, and my mom had told me, like, oh, Aurora's right up the road. Yeah, no, I mean, that was an amazing... But and that's the first uh, thing that I remember in my life that's like, oh, that's here. Yes, it's like where you live. Yeah. And I remember that, like... Speaking of malls, like, I mean, we were in Aurora all the time at Fox Valley Mall. Exactly, and it, like, was being a... It was, like, a part of where I lived, and I thought it was a big deal. And then, uh, what's his name? Ed O'Neill? Ed O'Neill was the uh, is the guy that was in um, Hunter Family. Well, yeah, but what's the one before that? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Married with children. Married with children. Yeah. But he was the guy that owned the donut shop. And I think he was. This is one of my favorite parts, is because he was so depressed. Like he was such a depressed, miserable man, and they'd go there just to eat donuts, and he would talk about. He talked about losing his job and he's like, he's like, I was, you know, at work. And when you come back to your locker and you've been working all day and you open up your locker and there's a pink slip and a pink slip at the time meant that you were fired. And all he talked about was like ripping the heart out of the man that put the pink slip in his locker. And now looking back, I think it's so, it's so funny. I didn't get it at the time. I never understood what he was talking about. But he was like so depressed and mad and he hated the world. And talking about ripping the heart out of this man, I think is so funny <laughs> right now. I, d- I don't know. You got to watch the movie. If you've never seen Wayne's World, you're ridiculous and I don't like you. But you should watch it and then I will like you. 
I love everything about Wayne's World. Wayne's World 2 should be on my list, to be honest, because I love that just as much as I do the first I think one. I but like I the thought, second one better, to be honest. I just thought I'd put the, the first one, Cassandra. Yeah. Not Cassandra Seedentop. Don't take it as I'm talking about you. Okay. And I don't think anybody did. This is the first Cassandra I've ever met, and that was from Wayne's World. There you go. Wayne's World. And she's Cantonese. Yeah. Netuhai Bendua. You learned how to say I love you in Cantonese. It's a quote from the movie. You don't understand. <laughs> My number four. Zang. We've talked about this filmmaker many times tonight. And um, this, for the longest time, was my favorite movie of all time. All right? Mm-hmm. It was my favorite movie of all time forever. In fact, if you ever needed to break into any of my accounts like 15 years ago, <laughs> this would be like the one under the question of favorite movie. I always wrote this. Um, well, I'm going to try it. It's a Kevin Smith movie. And it is a movie called Dogma. Dogma. You've got Dogma in here, huh? I have Dogma. I do like Dogma. On number four, um, I, I do think it is, on humor-wise, it's one of his funnier movies. Yes. Um, it's one of his best movies, if not his best like actual movie. I love Chasing Amy a lot. It's just not a great comedy. Um, I love Clerks. But Dogma hit that sweet spot of really good production value, really great filmmaking, really good message, a lot of heart and a lot of great humor and a great cast. Dogma is one that I will forever just watch over and over and over again. I love it. Um, you know, it's it's weird for me to have, you know, this be the highest Kevin Smith movie on my list, but I absolutely I adore this movie, and I always have since it came out. And it is probably the Kevin Smith movie that sparked everything for me. Really? Yeah. Um, this is probably the first one I saw. This is probably the first. You saw Kevin- it before Clerks. Yeah, definitely. Oh, this is probably I didn't know the that. first Kevin Smith movie I saw. I loved it. I was I hit right age wise. Plus, it also hit me right as far as religion, which has always been a thing that I've gone back and forth on my entire life. And this was one that I was in youth group at that time when this movie came out. Yeah. And I had a lot of, we haven't talked about a religion a lot on this podcast and we won't, but this, I had a lot of ideas or my own thoughts on it. And this was one that kind of helped spur my development in that and I remember when this movie came out, the church I went to, um, it was a big deal at the time. It was a very controversial movie. And I remember watching yeah, it, it at the time, and we talked about it in youth group, but I remember my parents and all my parents' friends. Well, I'm surprised your parents would even let you watch this. Uh, I don't know that they know that I watched it or not, but oh. they had like a Bible study book cl- club thing yeah. at the time in church. And we didn't go, we went to a very... I would say laid back church, very questioning church. Sure. You know, people weren't really that into hardcore being religious in the church I went to. Yeah. It was a very 
relaxed situation. And I remember specifically my parents and that whole book club, they watched this movie. It was a big deal at the time. And they all watched it and sat down and talked about they it. They did? Yeah, which I always just thought was hilarious. Because <laughs> I love this movie. And I was at that, you know, it's it's not a... It's not something I... Parent-friendly movie. No, and I, I would not something it. that I would think you would watch at like a Bible study or a group. Yeah, they did because it, it brought up a lot of good questions, real questions. Um, and it's it's a smart movie. And anyway, so yeah, put that all aside. I, I love this movie. It has a lot of sentimental value to me. And I love Kevin Smith. And I think it's also got a lot of humor. And I love Alan Rickman. He's amazing in it. <laughs> Um, everybody's amazing in this movie and that's why it's number four on my list. Okay. Surprise is not higher to be honest. I am too. Honestly, I thought you'd have a higher. Really? really did. Yeah. It's not what I wrote down though. Okay. So don't worry about that. <laughs> All I'm right. Pretty sure I nailed your number one. My number four, another Adam Sandler. What is it? It's big daddy. It is big daddy. Yeah. How did you know that? Oh, I know. Damn. Big Daddy is, I think, Mr. Seedentop, one of our listeners, avid listeners. Um, I think it's one of his favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. It is also one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's my number four comedy of the 90s because it's hilarious. But the heart involved with this movie is probably the most out of an Adam Sandler movie. I would agree with that. When you take this, like... He was like his early 30s guy. That, mm, 20s, but yeah. I think he was like in his 30s. Had a law degree, just never like took, never like got his license. What's that called? Taking the bar, yeah. right? Like he never did that. Um, had no real direction and all of a sudden was like left with this child that he ended up taking care of. And it's awesome. It's, it's exactly what you would think would happen like in a movie. For this random guy taking care of a kid, he has no idea what he's doing. It's awesome when you see the turn of him like actually becoming like this kid's dad. Yeah. The whole Scuba Steve part where he comes to the door as Scuba. I'm Scuba. What's he say? I'm Scuba, not Steve. I'm Scuba Sam. Scuba Sam, yeah. Scuba Steve's father. <laughs> And then the um, the delivery guy, you know, that he brings in and he says, hip, hip hop, hip hop anonymous. It's <laughs> like, you always give him the easy ones. All of that movie is hilarious. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, I really do love it. But at the end of the day, it's like got a really good message of him, like taking care of a kid and being responsible. But I don't know. It's awesome. It's one of the best movies of the 90s. I agree. Your number three? My number three is Groundhog Day. Damn it. You put it on your I, number one, didn't I you? I did. That was my number one, Chris. Uh, Groundhog Day. I absolutely love it. I've talked about this movie a million times. Damn. I, I didn't think you would have it. At, I thought you would have it as your number one. Yeah. Bill Murray. This is bullshit. In one of his best movies of all you time. You changed your list. Let me see your list. It, Give me your I did list. not change my list. I guarantee you that. Um, uh, Ned, Ned, Ned Ryerson. Ryerson? <laughs> um, I just, I absolutely love this movie. It's one that you can go deep. You can watch over and over again and always pick up new stuff from it. Yeah. Um, but the 
aspect to it, yes, you can watch it just as a, a comedy, a dark comedy. It is a dark, a dark comedy. That's what it is. And that's yeah. my favorite genre of comedy. Um, but you can also get deep into, you know, how many years did he live and how many lifetimes did he go through, you know, 10,000 years, whatever it was. Yeah. You can go through all of that. And I'm sure they didn't mean any of that when they made the movie. I'm sure they were they just had like no making idea. a dumb movie. But it is so good, and it so stands up to the test of time. It really does. And it's also a great romantic comedy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I would consider it necessarily a romantic comedy, but it's got a good message to it, good heart. It's got romance. It's got everything. And honestly, it's it's not like a super funny laugh-out-loud movie, but it's one that it just makes you smile inside right. while you watch it. Um, and also... That's so much why I thought it was going to be your number one, yeah. Chris. You threw me for a loop You have here. no idea what's going to be my number I don't. Now, now I, I honestly I have no idea. Yeah. I hope it's the same as mine. It's not. You never know. I know it's not. All right. Um, my, are you done? I'm done. You're done with that? Am I on number I think three? I've spoke enough about Groundhog Day if you listen to this podcast. Right. I agree. You have. Yeah. Stop talking about it. <laughs> Right, right, right now, it's so much better than Palm Springs. Oh, Jesus Christ! I, I liked Palm <laughs> Springs. I agree. Groundhog's Day is better, and Russian Doll. That's garbage. But Russian Doll. Yeah, that's the, oh that's yeah, that, no, that's fucking junk. My number three. Okay. My last Adam Sandler movie that we've already discussed: Happy Gilmore. Oh, nice. Gosh, I love this movie so much. We've already discussed a lot about it, like the whole Bob Barker, like him coming in and Shooter McGavin and you suck, you jackass. <laughs> like that whole dynamic. Everything about the movie, really, really great. I love it. And it's very funny. Yeah, like it is. Everything about it is very, very funny. Very, funny. Um, yeah, go watch it. Oh, Ben Stiller's character, by the way. Like the whole... Taking care of your grandma thing. I forgot about that. Yeah. He's like the nurse at yeah. the the nursing home. And he always like threatens the people there. But then when you come around him, he's really nice. Yeah. That part's hilarious. Everything about Happy Gilmore, awesome. It's my number three. It should always be in a top five, I think, when it comes to this. And it wasn't my top five as well. And I think that's where it absolutely needs to be. Gotcha. All right. My number two. Is another one we've discussed. Big Daddy. Big Daddy, yes. Uh, My number four. Yeah, it is such a great movie. Not only is it really funny, yes. nonstop yes. throughout it, but it's the love story. It's the heart. The love story, not between him and Joey Lauren Adams' character. No. The love story between him and the child. Yes. And it is, it is a movie that you can't not fall in love with. Everything about it is funny, but underneath the funny is the deep aspect there's of so him understanding yeah. that he there is so much more to life and that there's so much more to him as a person and like yeah, like learning to love a child or and get the responsibility of that. Yeah. And to change his life to say like I am responsible enough to take care of this kid. He he was using that like I wouldn't say maliciously, but like negatively at the beginning, um, to try to win a woman back. 
But by the end, he realized, like, no, this is... And the great thing about it is it doesn't end the way that you want it to. No. It doesn't end happily, but then it does end happily. So, like, what you want to happen doesn't happen. Yes. Specifically. And it's like a big letdown. And then it gives you the last act with what they're doing now. Yes. And... You're happy. And you're happy about that. Yeah. And I remember as a being younger, like hating the fact that this ended the way it did. And, right. And everything that happened at the end, I was like, I'm not even going to watch the end of this movie. I'm just going to watch the first yeah. three quarters. But then you're of like, it. oh, that's right. That's but the way it should be. Yes. It is the way it should be. He should not be no. the parents of this child, right. you know, at the end of the day. But it's so good. Absolutely. It's great. I, I, it amazes me to this day that. Adam Sandler was making movies of this quality, you know, at the same time that he was making dumb comedies. Exactly. Like, and now, like when you get into the later 2000s, when you get into the movies that he's made, it's like, man, like, do you remember the direction you went in some of these movies? Right. Like, why can't you, why is he not able to pick that up again? I don't know. I mean, he's made a lot of good movies. He's made a lot of good movies. They're I'm all, not they, downplaying they a lot of his movies. They all have something. This just has something extra. I feel like he he did that a lot in the 90s, though. Yeah. Like, you got the wedding singer, Big Daddy, Happy Gilmore. Even though Happy Gilmore Happy doesn't Gilmore's have that undertone. Happy Gilmore's a comedy, but yeah. It is, but it like, set the, it, like, set the tone for him in the 90s, right? And then he built upon that with the wedding singer and Big Daddy. Big Daddy was like... The ultimate for him in the 90s, I think. I agree. That's why it's my number two. Uh, So my number two, I'm going to bring it down lots of levels where it comes to heart and tone and things like that and go right back to just comedy. Oh, slapstick, no. I'm not going to like this at all. Just Oh, I know what it ridiculous. is already. And I hate it. And I don't even like that it's on your list. I know what it is. It's Dumb and Dumber. It is Dumb and Dumber. It's my, one of my favorite movies of all time. How do you hate this movie? It is one of the most quotable movies of all time. I don't hate it. I just never, it never got me. Every single time. I don't know why. Every single time it's on TV, I will watch it. I don't care what part it's in. I will watch it. I, I never want to in, watch it. I never in any part of my life gave a shit about this movie. Oh my gosh. That like hurts my soul. I always have loved this movie ever since it came out. I remember it coming out. I remember waiting for a, a, a sequel to this movie and thinking like, the sequel is going to be even better. It was not. <laughs> this is the only movie in the franchise that is good. And it is something I quote daily. I'm not joking you. Like daily, something from this movie will come up. Whether it's like, yeah, it's the Rockies having an extra pair of gloves. Or I constantly say, Samsonite. I was way off. I say that all the time about anything. Like anything I'm talking about, I will put a Dumb and Dumber quote involved with what I'm doing. Maybe that makes me a lesser human being. I don't know. (laughs) But that's how much I love this movie. I have seen it. I mean, I guarantee you I've seen it over 150 times. Wow. I've watched this movie so much. Amy hates me for watching this movie so much. I don't know what's wrong with me that I just can't 
I never liked this movie. I love it. I love everything about it. I want, I wanted so bad to put this as my number one because I have watched it so much, but my number one is just better. Yeah. Um, but not much. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I just missed it. I missed this one. I don't know. I have no idea. I just don't think you have like a soul. I guess as a human being, I think or I just like missed a heart, it, or like I just it wasn't in my wheel. It wasn't in my I'm purview. Positive. I don't think I saw it when I was young. First off, though, that that's something right there. I didn't see it till I was older. Yeah, so I don't have that nostalgia for it, and I just am not a big fan of that style of comedy. That's why I don't like Ace Ventura. I just don't like that style. It's not my my Ace style. Ventura is nothing like Dumb and Dumber. It's dumb it's, slapstick comedy, and that's not what I'm into. And you were created in a lab for specific things. Like, you know that, right? Like, you are not a real human being. <laughs> sure, I guess. Well, well, you found that out. <laughs> Can we do our number one? I guess so. Number one, right here. The Big Lebowski. Duh. I should have known that because you haven't you said it anytime that. soon. But it is. I didn't think you'd have it as number one. Not only one of the best movies of all time. It is the best 90s comedy by far. Oh, my god! It gosh. is probably the most quotable movie of my life by far. Um, I'm constantly quoting it. You, you quote Dumb and Dumber every day. I quote The Big Lebowski about every damn day. Really? Yes. What parts? Everything. It's like, I'll take a white Russian. I hate the fucking eagles, man. <laughs> Say it all the time. Um, market zero. And? Nobody fucks with Jesus. Nobody fucks with Jesus. Listen, I, I love this movie. It, I, it never gets old. Never gets old. I could watch it every day. I absolutely I mean, I honestly could too. And I really could watch that every day. And I did put it criminally low. It's hilarious. It's smart. It's subversive. It's, it's everything that you want, man. It's a cult classic. Absolutely it, Like the amazing. epitome of cult classic. Yeah. It is. That rug really tied the room together, man. <laughs> I forgot about that part. <laughs> that rug really tied it together, man. The nihilists. Um, I absolutely love this movie. And uh, fucking Coen Brothers, man. Fucking Donnie. Amazing. Isn't it Donnie? Yeah. Yeah, it's Donnie. And then... Um, it's a Paul Moranian, dude. <laughs> it is really good. And I did put it really low. Fuck. I should have put it a lot higher. Yeah, it's the best. It's absolutely the best. I don't know what to say. It would be on like a top 10. I don't know. We've done a top 10, and I don't think I had my top 10. It would be an all-time movies list for me. All right. Easily. Well, well, my number one is a lot better when it comes to comedies. I don't know. It can't can't be better. It is. It is better. This is probably the best comedy movie that came out in the 90s. Well, it is my... Best comedy movie Jerry, that came out in the Hot 90s. Hot Shots Part Two is not the best comedy movie. You're right. It's not. <laughs> the best comedy movie that came out in the 90s, I'm going to tell you right now, is Tommy Boy. No. It is by far the best movie that Chris Farley ever made. It's the best movie well, David that. Spade ever made. I'm not going to argue that either. It is the best comedy movie of the 90s. It is absolutely hilarious. It it ha- it holds all the nostalgia for me because You're- I remember my brother coming home with the VHS from the market when he worked there and said, "You guys got to watch this." 
and I've watched it as much as I could since then. It's a great movie. I love it, but you're way off base here. Not even close. I think the majority of our listenership is going to agree with me. I disagree. I think they are all going to say Tommy Boy is so much better than The Big Lebowski. When you're talking about... Nobody's going to say that. The top 90s comedies of all time? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Nope. It is absolutely hilarious. Everybody laughs at it. I Everybody agree. loves it's, it. Oh, it's a great movie. I'm not saying it's not a great movie. And it is the funniest of the 90s. No. By far. Boo-doo, boo-doo. Here comes the meat wagon. And then you got the new guy puking in the corner. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is unbelievable. Listen, I don't have it on my top 20. So There's also there. a heartfelt portion of this where his dad dies of a heart attack singing a song with him on stage. Yeah. And then it's all about like him trying to get the respect of his father. Something about and breaks. And his dad ends up dying. Brake pads. Yeah, Callahan brake pads. Yeah. And, you know... You can stick your head up a bull's ass, but uh, rather, you know, take the butcher's word for it. Yeah. That's the joke, Chris. Yeah, we all, we all know it. Do you know it? It's a good movie, but I mean, come on. It is my favorite 90s movie of all time. All right. And it is my hey, number one. Who am I? Who am I to well, criticize you? We've already known that you were created in the lab. We talked about it earlier. You're not a real human. Well, I don't know about that, but hey, that's the top 20, man. That is the top 20. For better 20. or worse, we're right there. Tommy Boy is, we've I think we decided both, I think that we, it is the best 90s movie of all time I for think comedies. We, I think we both have a lot of uh, picks that people are going to disagree with. Yeah. So, hey, oh, absolutely. Let us know what you think, and we will shout out. If you give us your top 10, not top 20, give us your top 10. Even a five. Top five. We'll, we'll we'll mention it next episode because yes. I, this one was fun. I actually had more fun with this one than the eighties movies. Oh yeah, I love. And that. I didn't think that I would because eighties movies for me are like that's like golden. See, and I'm a nineties guy. Yeah, I mean, I am in a lot of things, but I don't know for some reason I just consider the eighties to be like the comedy era for movies. I agree, but I mean, it, it was I was the surprised start of it. when we started looking when, I, when you said to do this and I started looking at the list. I mean, obviously, more you of my know. formidable years were through the 90s, at least late 90s anyway. So, like, I, I knew there were going to be a lot of great ones. Right. But and I didn't think they'd necessarily hold up to a lot of the 80s movies, but a lot of them do. A lot of them beat the 80s movies. Absolutely. So. To me, they do. To me, the 90s movies beat the 80s movies. I mean, I, again, I like, I saw the 80s movies a lot later, obviously, yeah. after they came out, but... I grew up with these 90s movies. For sure. And when I knew that, like, when I had said we should do the 90s thing, I was so excited for it. And I literally wrote down my number one and two right off the bat because I knew it. I just knew it. I, I, I didn't. I knew my number one would be Big Lebowski. I, I was surprised that Big Daddy got to number two for me, but I, I love that movie. I'm surprised it got up that high. For me and for you as well. I didn't think you'd have any of those movies up that high. Yeah. I didn't think you'd like any Adam Sandler movie because you don't have a soul. Yeah, I like Adam Sandler movies. I also like this uh, comedy CDs. Me. I owned all of them. Oh, yeah. They're all going to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh <laughs> no! at you. No! They're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> uh, where are we at on time? Uh, two hours and fourteen minutes. Chris. That's it, folks. So we, I had some. I had someone you're watching, but it'll have to wait till next week. Yeah, we've been watching a lot of stuff. 
Yeah, well, I haven't been watching that much stuff, but I did watch some stuff. Yeah, so did I. I don't have really much. We'll talk about it next week. But uh, yeah, if you got your top list, 5, 10, whatever, send it to us. We'll talk about it. Um, also, remember, check out patreon.com slash snarfcomics. Subscribe at the 1, 5, 10, whatever level you want. That would be much appreciated. We're getting hardcore back into comic book writing. We're going to need money, folks, money for artists. Artists, they are expensive. Very expensive. It is what it is. And we appreciate anything you can do to help with that. And anything else from you, Jerry? No, I'm good. For Snarf Talk this week, I've been Chris. I am Jerry. See you. See you.